This episode of Dawn of Mantis is brought to you by DadSuggest.com. That's fatherly thoughts on books, board games, and more. This track playing behind me is a new original by Joe Hall. That might be released uh, one of these days on an extra podcast episode or something. I just kind of wanted to give you, give the people out there just a little bit of a teaser. A little <laughs> bit of a, hey, I want that. I want that. Where can I, where can I get that? Yeah. You know the little commercials that come on? Oh, I want that. Yes. I need that. Yeah. That's even the more scary thing. I need that. I need that. There Wants and the, needs. The lady from Napoleon Dynamite, when he when he pulls out the little like toy ship, uh, she's like, I want that. I want that. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, also you can find us on DonnaMantis.com. And also if you tweet, if you're a Twitter head, at DonnaMantis. So on with the show. Quiet your mind. Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But two brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. Welcome to Dawn of Mantis. How are you, Joe? I'm fantastic. How are you? Uh, great. Any rants, raves, uh, general grievances, complaints, <laughs> dispositions, um, any scientific discoveries? Well, I got my groceries here last week, and the boy didn't double bag, and the bottom near came out. Uh, what, what movie is that what? from? Uh, oh, I don't know. Sling Blade. Oh, I was thinking of Fried Green Tomatoes. No. No, I'm sorry. No. Fried Green Tomatoes is a fantastic movie. It is a good movie. It uh, is. I, I don't love it, but I respect it. Does that I, make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I like it a lot. Um, Sling Blade is a good movie. It is. Uh, but that movie was I from- I never heard of it. <laughs> that movie was from the Shawshank Redemption. You remember when mm, Brooks that's gets right, out? That's right. And he's like, Brooks was here. I got a job bagging groceries down at the, you know, whatever- and, uh, I, yeah, I, that's the. Sorry. So, is there any is there any proof that Brooks offed himself? Oh yeah, he was hanging. Yeah, there. It totally shows. Oh, okay, it. Totally sorry, shows sorry. It. I, for a mi- for a minute, I forgot that it showed it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. It literally. And I, shows and I was dangling. about to do this conspiracy theory where Brooks <laughs> moved to a beach too. You know, but no, he didn't. I worked with yeah. a guy like like fifteen years ago who his name was Mark. He swore to God that they made a Shawshank Redemption two. Where it starts from where Morgan Freeman and Andy. If they did, it was probably, I wouldn't think. I don't think they did. Well, if they did, would you watch it? No. No, I wouldn't but either. They, yeah, he said no. Have it you seen Aladdin where... Part Two? <laughs> J- Jafar Returns? No, I haven't. Aladdin is my favorite Disney animated. Okay. By far. Okay. I, I love it. And I watched five minutes of Return of Jafar. And it's like all the artists that are kind of in the back that they're just in charge of like maybe drawing like plants. <laughs> All of a sudden, they're in charge of like drawing everything. Oh. So Aladdin kind of has like an always safe feel to him, like a great value Aladdin. Ooh, I don't know sports terms, but what is the what are the players called that are like on the back bench or whatever? And these wouldn't even be them. Oh. These would be like <laughs> the all the maintenance staff that clean the floors. Like, get out here, we need you, Gerald. Stop scrubbing that toilet. We need yeah. you to draw for us. That's right. That's oh right. Oh my gosh. So I maybe they turned out. Maybe that's how they get. The animators of tomorrow, they give them a chance and a sequel or something. So I apologize. There's probably somebody that's like a really good animator now that's in that crew. But 
it's just it it didn't do much for me. Right. You know, right. it's kind of like a rocking chair. You can sit in it for a minute, but it's not doing much for you. Come on. <laughs> Plus you're a baby, a newborn baby or something. Oh, so, Ivan's secret hatred of rocking chairs. Well, so yeah, I don't hate them. They just don't do anything for you. Um, <laughs> okay, so you said you had a little bit of a rant. Well, it's not a. It's actually not a rant. Not a rant. Okay, it's more like a, an, a thought experiment or some sort of idea like that that you wanted to expand upon. So this is a non-developed idea. So what I need is I need okay. help from you and any any of our four listeners to help me develop this idea. And it's. Maybe not even. It's like pre-idea. Come on, Gerald, Jerry, Michael, the, and Frank. I'll I'll, I'll give it Megan. to you. Just like yeah, don't forget about her. Um, <laughs> she has a good head. She's on our her most shoulder. loyal listener. So That's I right, can't she forget is. about her. Oh, you mean Doctor Megan? Yeah. Oh, I'm. I thought you were just talking about some random person. No, no. Oh, see, now I was being silly. I was being silly. I was thinking just like <laughs> no, a random. No, she, she will listen to this. Oh yeah, I want feedback from her too. Yeah. Here's the way this thought came to me. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Work. Work equals learning. And what what I'm about to say is like I'm about to put the line in in the in the equal sign and make that in inequality. Okay. In, because I don't think that it does. So I think I think we've always given this thing like if someone's working really hard, they must be learning. And this doesn't just have to do with education. It's 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 our my vision for humanity, and I, and I, it's like even me saying that it's like why am I allowed to have a vision for humanity? Everybody can. Well, I Everyone know, but can. I mean, but who do I think I am, right? But here's what here's what I'm trying to say is like anytime a computer or a machine or something like that takes people's jobs and something's automated, yeah, I'm I'm starting to think that that's almost good at every turn because I think eventually. How cool would this be if everything menial was done by a machine, everything that that didn't take much thought? Yeah, I hear that frog. I'm sorry. Go that's, ahead. That's Is he fine. in here? No, he's outside, okay. but, but I like him. He, okay. It's kinda, it yeah. adds to it. Go yeah, ahead. I'm sorry. Adds Don't let it. him derail you. But what I'm trying to say is, like, can you imagine the point to where society gets to or humanity gets to where all we are, and I hope it's not like Wally to where we're laying, we're oh, laying around and like rolling around in the little no. carts. There's already people like that now, and there's not even, you know what I mean. I think that where it gets, if it ever gets to the point to where more people are making money using creativity, than like right now, what percentage would you say if you had, if I had, you know, if you had to guess, like if you just put work into two categories, you're being creative. Or you're doing some kind of service some where you're not being creative, like some kind of job where you're not being creative, where you're just like, you know, you're stamping something on to something right. and sending it down the line. You know, it's like, uh, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying yeah, to say? I'm trying to, how, how specific do you want to get on the creative side? Just like creating art where you're, where you're like creating something and like, and, and part of your soul's going into it. So it's like a deep level of creation. Right. It's like you're putting your stamp on something like like your your heart and soul into something. Because that could even be like someone who owns a a, a cupcake. Store. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or someone who all even, the way up to just somebody painting on a surface. I would say and this is a depressing figure, but I would say there's a far higher percentage of people that are just doing the remedial. That's right. This needs to be done. That's look, right. Look at all, just factory work. Yeah, alone. exactly. And thank God in my entire life, I've never. <clears throat> out of my, let me see, I'm 39 and I started working right out of high school. So that's 21 years of working. 
out of that, I've got about four or five weeks in a factory. Yeah. Thank God for that. And that's all it took for me to say, I'll rob banks before I work in this. Yeah. Fact, this is bullshit. And I mean, there's there's people that do that and they love that. Some people do. Yeah. Yeah. Not for me. And I don't know where they rank in this little conversation we're having. But what I'm trying to say is like, what if it wasn't even in the op, you know, what if it's in the future and it's, it's not even an option for you to do some job that you hate. Like society's built around, we must find what you like. Right. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine how wonderful that would be? Like, it'd be amazing. Like, like, you know, we've got leaders and, and, and maybe AI is helping us. It's like, we must find what you like. And, and you get as many shots, you know, because if computers and machines are doing everything for us, that's that, you know, they're like, you know, making all our food and, um, you know, processing all that. And well, not really processing cause that's not great. But wh- what I mean is they're, they're doing everything to keep us alive. Right. But we're doing everything to keep our souls alive. Right. And some people might misconstrue what you're saying as being like, Oh, <clears throat> he thinks everybody's just going to be like directors or creating stuff. No, some no. people, some, there are people, there's a rancher in Montana right now that there's nothing else in the world. He'd rather do than that's mend right. that fence and, and feel and, good at the end of the day. And, and they're doing that and they're, yes. they're playing a part in it. You know, they're, they're, you know, because they love to do that, they're allowed to do that. Right. But if they don't love to do that, they're, they're not, a, they're not that they're not allowed. I don't, I'm, they're not just, like required or forced. Yeah. Cause to. I don't want to turn it into like a dystopia. Right, 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 right. Yeah. 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 But I don't, I don't know. I just think that would be so amazing. And, and plus, you know, um, just just learning the skills you'd need to survive would not be so needed. It would just be like you were going to learn what you need to find your creative creativity. Like you're going to find your creativity in this. And we figured out this system where you find it. Right. And like, you know, you're at your work and two or three times a week, the hair stands up on your arms because something happens. And our society is kind of made tailor made to where that's what happens to people. Right. Because I think a big part of, of problems in our society are just people that feel like what they do doesn't matter. And they just don't have that. And uh, they just don't have that in, in maybe not even their working life or their personal life. They don't have it at all. Like that thing that I, I want everyone to have that just, you know, Hey, this is what I love. And sometimes what you love doesn't help anyone. But I mean, maybe you you'd get paid to do what you love even if it helps if it helps no one and i know and and here's where i get back to where it's almost like a where it's almost like a rant in in embedded in a lot of us and especially if you grow up around people that work hard and long hours for their money or what they do you know they have to work a lot and they're not at home a lot you know right. it's just the way the way it is um we're ingrained in us is like well i i should I didn't put in a lot of hours this week. I don't feel right. Like I don't feel productive. Right. Like we'd have to abandon that part of us if we could ever make it. And if we ever did this thing that I'm talking about, like to where everyone, and and I, I think, I think you're going to end up working harder than you've ever worked before because it's kind of like, you know, like this project that I'm, that I'm going to start pretty soon. I want to make a hoverboard, like a re- replica hoverboard from back to the future. Oh, that's awesome. I, I want to get a sticker printer to print the Mattel part, Yeah, but I want to <laughs> build so it cool. out of foam and make it 
um, just something that can hang up in my shop. That just is something so cool. kind of cool. Yeah. I'd like to start doing stuff like that. I thought about a flux capacitor, but that I kind of weighed in. It's going to be kind of a more difficult project. That but, would be, yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to record parts of me making it and maybe do like a YouTube thing. That'd be cool. Um, <clears throat> and that's been done before, but I'm going to do it again. Like my Everything's way been done before. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying like, what if that was my job? You know? Yeah. Like it didn't benefit anyone but me. But see, therein lies the problem. We have that in us that says that can't be your job. Who right. does that help? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it helps me and, and I'm super happy. That's not enough. You know, it's capitalism. Well, I mean, that, yeah. I'm ha- everyone that meets me, I'm a more agreeable person. And I, I, my family, they see the change in me because I'm doing what I love. And I'm not saying that I need that change, but everyone kind of does, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You Can you muddle through what I'm trying to? No. Yeah. I understand totally <laughs> what you're saying. It's all kind of like, I'm sorry. It's not very developed. It's probably too early to bring it up. Well, no, you're just getting down to, yeah. So many of us are doing things that are not satisfying and fulfilling right. and you don't feel productive. And man, there's no better feeling than, than at the end of the day when you've actually done something yeah. that helps. And I got to tell myself, uh, you know, I, where I work, basically what I do each day, and I'm not trying to make myself sound like anything, but this, this is what my, my, my job is. What I do is I work at a plant and each day about six to 700,000 gallons of raw sewage comes into mm-hmm. this plant. Yeah. And if I do everything right and keep everything running just right, that same amount flows out the other side every day into a river and yeah. it's drinkable. It is a hundred percent clean for the environment. There's fish that swim in the effluent pond. There's, you know what I mean? In the river where and you it goes know into. that's right because otherwise they couldn't be there. Exactly. Yeah. And plus I run a, a shitload of tests on every, you know, every day on, yeah. on the effluent and I know exactly. Uh, but yeah. So I tell myself, Hey, you know, because yeah. everyone has that conversation. If you if you've never had that conversation with yourself in your head, am I doing something productive? What am I doing here? What am I doing? You know, that's you. That's kind of worrisome if you've never had that. Well, in, your head. in in my model, there's there's there has to be room for that because that's something that some people and a lot of people probably still would say, well, whatever whatever I do and I get paid for it, that needs to help other people, and 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 that that has to be a part because I know that that's happiness of people. Right. Uh, that's, that's happiness from people to help other people. You know, that's, you gain happiness from that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and satisfaction and where you can sleep, you know, good. At, and I'm not trying to say, not trying to say I'd be one of those ones that would have to have something that would only benefit me, but that'd be so cool if that was an option. Yeah. <laughs> and that'd be so cool if, if uh, I think of the song, I'm only sleeping by the Beatles. Oh, it's my favorite Beatles song. Uh, it is your favorite Beatles song. That's kind of why I bring it up because kind of the essence of that song is it's a guy sleeping. And we have the society where like, oh, he slept until noon today. He must be a lazy bum. It's like, <laughs> well, actually his brain based on any scientist that that's researched this. I mean, you need sleep and they're all there's some debate on why we need it. And what it does for us, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, it's just sleep. It's not like that guy's a piece of crap because he slept. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know? and by the way, you can go. People can go back and listen to our dreams episode. Mm, yeah, we talk and a lot it ties about into this too. REM sleep, yeah, dream problem cycles. solving, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. We, we get a lot. Of, we get into that deep on that episode. I don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, 
you know, I think, I think people are so different that I think the range of what you can do in society and what you can do with your adult life needs to be as wide as the diversity of people and, and their interests and what they like and what they don't like. And yeah, you know how they're creative and I mean, but to me it's all based around creativity. Yeah. And I, you know, I've heard Rogan has went into this before about uh, who's the guy who's running for president. Is it Andrew Yang? That is is for universal income and and you know, oh I don't know I don't know much he, about him he's really I've big. heard the name before okay but. well he's uh, listen to his his podcast where he was on Rogan okay uh, he talks a lot about complete automation in the workplace and self okay. self driving yeah. big rigs and all this yeah and uh, they talk a lot about kind of this there's this would the term like Orwellian view or idea be correct because uh like yeah, you like said all 1984 the, yeah people, all the yeah. all the remedial jobs and all that stuff will all be handled by you know automation by machines by computers by robots and people would be free to basically i mean it's a total utopia yeah people would be free to to paint to surfboard i'm gonna learn yeah. guitar just yeah you know, there exactly. wouldn't be there would no longer be this model where you have to get up and put in so many hours to survive to to get handed this paper and you trade this paper for what well every month i trade paper to be able to live in my house and then i trade paper for food i trade paper to have the lights on i trade paper to have yeah. water come out of the tap you know and it's a crazy so there wouldn't idea. be a need for that yeah in star trek there's no money right yeah right and when i was a kid i remember thinking how could there be no money <laughs> Like why, why would anyone do anything? And that, and that man, that's so good. You brought that up because that makes me think about this. Like, it's like the hell paradox. Like are people good because they're afraid of going to hell? Right. And how much do you trust that person if they're only being good just because they don't want to go to hell? Right. It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if, if you do a project here and I come over and I help you and we're working together that's more cool than you having to pay somebody and you could trust, you could trust me probably more if we're working on something together for you, like go in the house and I like do a part, you know, while you're yeah. inside drinking lemonade. <laughs> if, if it's a guy you're paying 10 bucks an hour, you don't trust him so much because you know, he could just, you know, well that, that guy's paying me. I'll just hurry up and do this part and I'll right. only put two screws in the Cause thing I'm, I'm getting my seven. 10 bucks either way. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So it's like, then you have a society where people are doing things because they want to do them. And it's not just the pay thing. I mean, I, I don't want to say money equals hell, but I'm basically saying that in a way, right? <laughs> yeah. Man, money equals fear of hell, when, fear of no money, fear of hell. Yeah. Right. Man, uh. with something just clicked in my mind. Cause when you were talking about, uh, people doing what they want, like if they were passionate, that's right. I've had several, well, well, for the past 20 years, I've only had two jobs. I've only worked at two places. You know, yeah. I was at one place for nine years and place I'm at currently for 11. But before that, I had kind of a, a, a slur, a flurry, I guess is what you'd call it, of a, a few jobs between, you know, getting out of high school and they were all full-time jobs and stuff. But, you know, I was just kind of skipping from here to there, I guess, trying to dip my toe in, see what I liked, what I didn't yeah. like. And I saw so, think of some places you've worked. I don't know that I've ever worked anywhere where every employee there was a hundred percent efficient. 
There's. It seems like sixty percent of any employee anywhere I've ever worked has been like, "Yeah, man, you can clock in here, but then you know you can go over here, and no one will see, you and you can take a nap." Or you know, I've never met a, an entire crew. Yeah. Um, now I can't. Now look, and I, if anyone that I work with currently or at works, I don't. I don't work with anybody. But if anyone who works at like yeah. the same entity as I do hears that, I'm not including you guys because I don't work with you. You know, I've yeah. But I'm talking about people I've worked with, crews I've been in before and stuff. Uh, just think about, ex, you know, extrapolate that to worldwide or even just our country. Yeah, I bet the billions of trillions maybe of dollars that are wasted just due to yeah. inefficiency every year because of people just showing up being like, You're right, eh, that, whatever. So uh, yeah, if you could, if you could calculate, if you got some MIT person to calculate, I like bet it would how blow much your mind. money is being wasted. I actually did read one time about a study they did on like Friday afternoons. They did some kind of big mass survey on how many hours do you work on Friday? Really? Yeah, yeah. And it was something like two point something hours yeah, uh, or something like that. Or maybe it was something like it might have been something like after lunch on Friday when they're, they're talking about cubicle jobs, basically, like how much work's being done. Right. You I, know? Bet, I bet it's a down. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what they figured out. And, and I guess if you're a cool company that knows that to me, Google has an 80 20 rule and they used to have this. I don't know if they still have it, but they basically want you to be busy 80% of the time. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> so okay. 20%, they, they call it your 20 time, I think, is if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly from reading about that. So basically you can go down and they've got like an arcade or like, you know, you can shoot basketball, yeah. shoot hoops in the building. Um, they've got a freaking table with pedals. So it's like a round table and everyone has pedals. And I guess one guy steers <laughs> and... You can have a meeting and pedal around the campus. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That exists. That's yeah, that a real exists. thing. Yeah. So you're on like this mobile table. Yeah. And you're pedaling around. Yeah. That blows my mind. Yeah. I want to do a podcast from that. Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Call it something like, uh, I don't know. The, the I don't know. Modcast? No. That's the mobile podcast. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. The pedal cast. I imagine that Google. There's probably already a biking podcast. Oh, there's a, there's an everything podcast. Yeah. yeah, don't get me started on that again. <laughs> but there's already probably already one called the Pedalcast. But I imagine the Google, the halls of Google, and the offices of Google is probably just a lot of. I imagine just a lot of like kind of long haired hippie guys riding uh, scooters around or something. Yeah, or and they have not slides. Even, they have slides and poles, like kind of like yeah, there's like firemen's poles where people yeah. slide up and down and and like whack a mole here and there and just like crazy. And I just, just submit like yeah, you're right. I mean, it is. I've I've seen pictures of it. And there's that the movie that that was uh I think it was uh oh the 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 guys from Wedding Crashers they were in it. It was a thing where they the internship they were trying to get they were trying to work at Google. They oh, wanted I wanted to work it. at Google. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty funny. Huh. It's a Vince Vaughn movie, I think. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of Google stuff and they're like older guys and they're competing against a bunch of younger guys. Oh, they're so like riding around segways. And yeah. You know, so, so that's, that's kind of the, that's kind of the premise of the movie. It's like the old guys versus the the young guys, you know? Okay. I got you. Um, but uh, it's kind of like old school, but just done a little bit differently. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. So yeah, they got like slides and poles, but, but I submit like the quality of work that's done whenever like the happiness level, you know, you got, you got to look at us. It's something I'll never forget from watching my kids play The Sims. You remember that 
video game. Very, yeah. Um, yeah. So the person, you have the little person there, and they've got all these things above them, and it's got like hunger, romance, happiness, something about bathroom, like a physical and, bathroom. It isn't like a sleep, a sleepy, sleepy, yeah, tiredness, like and yeah. it's like the little green bar things. Yeah, and if it's red, you're in trouble. Yeah. So like you know, we're all like that. So let's figure out a way to to make our society to where those bars are all green all the time and health is another one. So like you don't want just a bunch of people rolling around on, on things like in Wally, you know, for the future. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think if you have a lot of those people, I think productivity, productivity goes up the, off the charts, creativity, like and the people that are working on problem solving for other people, they're going at a super high level. Um, you know, I don't know. That's my utopia. Yeah. I don't know what it, I don't know what it looks like. I mean like details. I mean there's you know there's a lot of utopia type books and movies that at first they seem like it's all good. Right. But there's always like some like policies and stuff that gets scattered in there that gets introduced later where it's like, "Oh, they kill people that aren't of that aren't very smart." Yeah, why does it always have to have that ending? Why can't, you know, they, every utopian idea like that always has this horrible Armageddon type this flaw that leads to this terrible ending. Cuz my th- cuz um is it because the theory is you there cannot be? Well, I just kind of think of this like think of someone's shop or think of like Einstein's desk. Uh, it's messy. Like progress is messy. Intelligence is messy. Yeah. So I guess what they're trying to say, if I had to like just put a sound bite on it, like progress is messy. And if you want like a high output, there's gotta be some sacrifices that happen along the way. I, I, I guess there have to be, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Does there have to be? Yeah. Does there have to be? Yeah. Maybe I, so. I'd, I mean, maybe we're in the utopia right now and we're just trying to make it better and better, but we're just like butterfly effect. We're trying to fix things, but it's like, oh, we did that and it, we didn't think of these. It's just kind of like, you know, that one thing that you do, it has the desired output that you want, but then it has all these other consequences that you didn't yeah. ever think of. I would say we're living in the closest version of a utopia that has ever existed. Well, yeah. On this earth. Well, I mean, now, I mean, if you, we talked about this before we even started the podcast, there's a lot of, and there's, I have to say this first, there's a ton of really good moms. There's, you know, I would say more good moms than there are good dads, just because moms have the maternal instinct and what they'll have, what a dad could never have in a way, right? you know, in a sense, just that being a mom. Right. But there are a lot more better dads now than there ever have been. Oh yeah. I we think. kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just with very, the hands on. And if I just think of my two grandparents, uh, they were not great. I mean, I guess good workers. Yeah. But as far as being a dad, I mean, it's the same tales that come from both sides of the family. They were gone all the time. They worked a lot. And when they didn't work a lot, sometimes they went out and they kind of ran around and did some hanky panky type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, that's more rare now. I think it seems like it, right? It seems like, like, it. yeah, we were talking before we hit record. I was saying, you know, you hear a lot of older guys say, man, yeah, my dad was just this guy that came in at seven o'clock, you know, on, on exactly. weekdays, 
sat down, talked about how much his back hurt, had a beer, went to bed, yeah. and everyone was scared to talk to him. Uh, it does seem like a lot more yeah. nowadays. You see the dad uh, pushing the stroller with a yeah. backpack on, yeah. you know, and he's got a sippy cup under his arm and, and a lot more. Like I was telling you all ago, I know a lot of old timers that have straight up told me in a little bit of a braggadocious way. I never, you know, I had four kids and I never changed one diaper. I never made one bottle. I never burped one kid. Yeah. And I was like, wow, because almost like that's the woman's job or something. Yeah. But to me, yeah, her and I, I mean, you know, when my daughter was born, I'm there. Like I've changed, I've changed just as many diapers, burped. Sure. I've been puked on. Yeah. I've walked back and forth all night, getting her to sleep. Same way with the baby. We Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy that whole I don't know. Well, you know, why should the woman have to do all that? Well, I mean, it's not an excuse for them, but it was a different time. And it's just, it was back then. It's just what was more accepted. But I think now it's just kind of more equal. And you see a lot more households where it's not the man making all the decisions. We don't need that. Come on guys. Could you just, could you just for a minute, stop and think if you're one of those overbearing controlling, I do everything. I make all the decisions it's it's you know scripture says you know all this stuff scripture says a lot of stuff the man you know even some of our wedding practices and you know to have to the scripture also says you're not supposed to wear clothing made of two different fabrics mixed together it's funny how we cherry pick what we want Mm, i can come up with a lot more than that yeah it's like hey whoa whoa some of these are almost in the yeah. same paragraph. Women should be seen and not heard. Right. Why is that one important, but you're ignoring, you know, not eating this particular thing or whatever? I'll go, I'll put all my chips on the table, I'll slide them in, and I'll say, if all that's legit, and someone was talking to a guy and he was writing it all down, taking notes, like in a, like in a history class or something, I kind of think that if that were the case and all that's true, some of this stuff to where women aren't equal that was put in by some dude later. <laughs> a lot was put in by several dudes. But later. I'm going to say yeah. that in particular. Yeah. Because how could another person, even the rib part. <laughs> okay. Come on. We need to be careful. <laughs> no. Yeah. Seriously, though. But I can imagine the King James version when they were revising it. There was a guy that like leaned over and he's like, hey, uh, Rodney, put something like put something about like where our wives have to listen to us. Right. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, my wife was giving me a lot of lip last night, and I, I just want some fodder yeah. just to t- – so now we can f- show her. Look, God himself said, shut your face. Yeah. Listen to me. I'm the man of the house. Yeah, see? <laughs> and I'm tired of being careful about that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not doubting anything else right now other than if you're, if you're going to say, like, men 60, women 40, that's bullshit. Yeah. That that cannot be pushed any longer. I'm tired of it because, I, and it's and it's it's always these real like kind of like shady ways to, oh no no we're we're not against women equality we're not against that we're just saying that the man has the first it's like okay you just. You just contradicted. Yeah. You just contradicted (laughs) yourself. Yeah. We're just saying that the men's the head of the household. Women are equal, but we're just in charge and they're second. It's like, no, no, you can't say that. No, that doesn't. They're equal. They're right on your level. Yeah. Right beside you there. And we've said this before and I'll say it again. Like 
I think the most successful households and the, the happiest and the ones that the, the kids are coming away the least scarred are the ones where the guy says, you know what? I can't do math. You're better at that. You do that part. Right. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm better at this part. You know, yeah, I'm better at, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm better at going to the store and picking out like what we should make for dinner. I'm, I'm the better cook or whatever. So I'm doing that part or, or maybe she or he says you're better at that. You know, it's like a good compromise and no one's like going against the grain. No one's saying, well, I'm not very good at that, but let me do that because I have this thing between my legs. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, It's just, it's just, you know, you're just going, you're just going against common sense and you're going what's against what's rational uh, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like Taoism and stuff. I mean, life has a balance, the yin and the yang, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So it's like, figure out what works the best. Then you're, then, then if you have an argument about something, it's something that, that warrants having an argument. And, yeah. Disagree, and li- disagreement, I guess. I want to make one thing perfectly clear. Anyone listening to this, Ivan and I have absolutely no reason whatsoever because someone might be listening and thinking, oh, these guys kiss ass, kiss ass for women and stuff. Look, listen, we're both married and we're both happily married and we're both going to be married to the people we're married to for the rest of our lives. So we could give a shit about, you know, impressing or tickling no, anyone's No, and they fancy. don't even listen to our podcast. No, <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Which is very telling. <laughs> yeah, they don't even listen. We talk That's about a- <laughs> what we talk about, though. I talk about all the time what we talked about on the podcast. So yeah. it's almost like it's all it's almost like I'm giving her a Cliff's Notes. Version yeah. of it, and we do listen to it sometimes when we go on trips and stuff. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying we have we have no dog in the fight as far as you know if if someone is is listening thinking oh like we're we're trying to yeah. butter up females or something it's like we have literally zero. I'll tell you what we do have do we have we have daughters and yes and we'll both be damned if they ever get with one of these guys that is just like controlling and head of the household and they have the like scared looking wife you know that's not gonna happen to us oh no no that's not gonna fly that's yeah. not gonna go over well at all yeah and, <laughs> and and you know why i think it's not gonna happen to us because i think that we've instilled that upon especially my oldest daughter i don't think she'd ever be she's too outspoken to ever be in that type of oh i don't see her putting up with any shit <laughs> exactly. i don't and that's awesome exactly that's awesome yeah um and i mean yeah so i mean that's it's almost like I'm as close as what you can. I don't know if I don't know if I'm allowed to be a feminist if I'm a male, but I definitely lean that way. Yeah. Because I mean, it wasn't too long ago they could they weren't even allowed to vote. And there's even a comedian. I wish I could accredit them because I mention this all the time. Because there's a comedian that says and just kind of poking fun at it. He said, "Yeah, and there was a vote on if women could vote or not, and only men could vote." <laughs> How'd we lose that one? <laughs> so I brought I brought that up to my wife just the other day. And, and that goes, was Yeah, how did you guys lose that one? Women couldn't vote. I think it was 1920. Yeah. It took that long until yeah. 1920 yeah. for women. You know, this whole 52% of the yeah. population that wasn't allowed to vote because they had a vagina. That's right. Yeah. That's insanity yeah. to me. That's and insane. I don't know if they're... I don't know the reason why it almost, it almost might be that there's some kind of doctrine out there that says that women should be seen and not heard. I don't know. Maybe there, 
There probably isn't. That'd be well, crazy. here's that's the scary deal is why does that seem to be a fundamental part of so many religions? Because there's a lot of there's Middle Eastern religions that are far worse. Women are basically property and they can't yeah. even show their face. Yeah. And they're, they're yeah, basically. Yeah, you better be careful. Ben Affleck will come out here and oh, I know. Us. I don't want him he'll to. Throw, get... He'll throw a batarang at our faces. Hey, you know, I got to say, though, I watched Gone Girl a few days ago. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Argo was a great movie. Really? I yeah. haven't seen that yeah, one. Yeah, it's, it's a great movie. It almost made me go, okay, I, I don't have any hatred for it's, Ben anyway. No, but, I don't have hatred for him, but just, <laughs> his view on that, I, and 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 I have heroes like that that I like a lot. You know, Bill Maher. Uh, oh, yeah, know, for sure. I, you know, I love, I love Rogan. John uh, Stewart is up John there. John Stewart, and there's things that they've said. I was like, ah, I don't really. Well, yeah, you don't agree with anybody 100%. That's right. But. That's right. But as far as. As far as that goes, he's way off on that, uh, in my opinion. On what like, now? On the the Muslim, you know. Oh, as far as protecting ben... protecting bad ideas. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And saying that's their culture because I look, leave them alone. No matter what you say, you can stand up for whoever you want, but but look at the tenets of that religion. That's right. And I'm sorry, I, that, that's weird because that's these... just that's and that's one of the really bad ones. And there's there's other bad things about that religion too, but that's one of the the really bad ones, just yeah. the oppression of women. I oh, would yeah. say this, you know, I don't know if he has daughters. Probably does, sons and daughters. Would you want your daughter to marry a Muslim man and then all of a sudden she take on all of that oppression? He probably didn't even want to call it that, but I'll call it what it is. That's what it looks like to me. Would you be fine with that? Right. You know, what would you do? Right. If if a woman weren't they only allowed to drive just within the last year or two? Yeah, uh, I don't know. And that's specifically in Saudi Arabia, yeah. I think. But they're actually—I don't even want to get into that. It's it's so much. No, it's, it, it, we could talk about that forever. But it's crazy because there'll be social justice warriors here that, out of one side of their mouth, they will be chastising somebody for even saying the slightest thing against maybe a gay person or someone of color. Mm-hmm. Because and, and yeah. like if you even just if someone even says. Uh, if a lady might say, oh, I got off the elevator because a black man got on there and I don't know. I was, I'm sorry. I was just a little worried. They yeah. will they will call her Hitler. Sure. Which she might be slightly racist or maybe she would have gotten off if it was a, a big white guy. On yeah. The, who knows? But they'll say that out of one side of their mouth and out of the other side, they will rip anyone apart. Yeah. For saying anything about, you know, the the religion, the is Islamic religion. Well, don't you think it's just like it's hard to think of two things it's hard to keep two things in your mind at once so probably one thing they have in their mind is like you know if someone says something it's like well they're knocking their culture and there's probably elements of their culture that people talk about that are unfair they say unfair things about right some things about their culture but then you get to the point to where that's something that people say about their culture that i think is a fair criticism like how come you can't see them yeah, they can't even have their face shown. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you good with that? I mean, that's why, pretty uh, obvious. Why can't the guy be like that too? If that's, you know, I, I know that's not written in their, you know, old text to have the guy covered. Yeah. <laughs> but why isn't he in the desert sweating under a whatever? Right. Turban. Right. Or whatever. Because, well, it is. because not I'll, a turban, but a. It seems like most of those dress or whatever. Most of the old religions are completely they completely cater to the man. The man's the head of this. The man, you know, it's I don't know because it was it was written by men. No, it was conveyed to men and they wrote it down. Okay, so would it be 
<laughs> no, I go. Yeah, I was. Hey, so I got I got that. a little. You're story. good to want to move on for sure. Here's the deal: we did three episodes on the Keddy Cabin murders, and uh, that was a little bit of a drag. I mean, really, to get that in depth in the murders and the gore and then the investigation. Yeah, it was cool, though. I liked it. Yeah, me too. I loved the episodes. I love the topic, and I hope that we did a good job. Uh, but for for this episode, I just wanted to do kind of an off-the-cuff. We're just yeah. going to BS a lot. We've already kind of started that. Yes. I and just, then I tried to make it all like, I don't know. Sorry, I tried to derail. No, that's good. That's good. We'll mix. We'll mix in some 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 thoughts, some thought sure. experiments yeah. with our ridiculousness. Let's do that. But no, I really just i I didn't do any research. I just maybe spent thirty minutes on the computer looking up I some like funny it. stories, and we're just going to talk about those. Yeah. Before that, though, I want to share with you an adventure. Oh I had. yeah, yeah. Go. I haven't told you any details on this, have I? You mentioned it, but no details. Very okay. So here's the deal: for the first time in like a year, last weekend. My wife and I were childless, mm. no kids, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I had this last minute idea, well, let's just go somewhere that we haven't went before and let's just stay a night somewhere in like a crazy cabin or something. So I jump on the internet, I'm looking around and not maybe an hour, hour and a half from here, something like that. I find, uh, have you ever heard of a yurt? I have. Okay. I have. It's Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep, keep going. You want I, it's kind of like is? a tent thing, yeah. sort of. It's like a tent, but it's on like steroids. A, a glamour tent. You went yeah. glamping, pretty much. Okay, it's it's a seven hundred square foot, so it's about as big as an apartment. Mm-hmm. Wood frame, mm-hmm. but it's covered in canvas. But underneath that canvas is insulation. But it's a, it's a glorified tent. Sure, you're in a tent, but it has a wooden front door, hardwood floors, washer dryer, bed, big screen TV, full kitchen. You know, you wouldn't know really that you're in a tent yeah. until you look at the yeah. walls it's crazy it's yeah. really cool yeah i watched on pbs some guy building one it was really cool they're round and they have a cone top so mm-hmm. they're super cool uh you know we'd never stayed in anything like that before so it was different it was cool and did to you get, say tp on steroids i said tent on steroids oh, or maybe i said tp i don't know i don't know tp would have been better it's as funny as, <laughs> it's like, all of a sudden it has a roid rage in the middle of the night <laughs> it's like get out of me so so we go and it's up on top of this mountain, so it's even after you get off the highway, you, you're like on this little paved road for 11 miles, and then you're on this dirt road for, I mean, it is out there. Yeah. It is way out there. And then the last mile or two is just like straight up on top of this mountain. Uh, you got to bring whatever food you're going to eat. We were only going to stay a night and then part of the next day and go home. So we, we just we brought stuff to have steak dinners and stuff to cook up that night. All right. So that night we have our dinners and sauce them and we eat and. Then a storm rolls in, yeah, and it's so loud. Like at first, it was a light rain, and it's wonderful. Yeah, you know, we're, oh, laying, yeah. we're laying in bed. Oh yeah. man, this is awesome. But then, <laughs> and as you know, over the next twenty four hours, it rained six inches. Yeah, it was like a biblical torrential hurricane flood rain. It was insane. And it was so loud in there. Like we were laying in the same bed and we had to yell at each other, you know, just like, what'd you say? Cause it was just like, <laughs> it was so loud and the wind was blowing <laughs> so hard and yeah. the tent was, I mean, it was flapping and I mean, it, it's water, no water came in, Yeah, but it was just like sleeping <laughs> through a hurricane. 
And it was at night. And it was at all night. Yeah. yeah. So we wake up the next morning early because we didn't sleep for crap. Yeah. And uh, we're both like, let's just pack up and get out of here and just go home, take a nap. We're packing up. We get a call from the owners. Uh, the flood washed the bridge out. And the bridge is the only way in or out of this mountain. What? And uh, yeah. And, when, and I'm like, no way. And she's like, yeah, we have no idea what to do. But we're going to call our guy that fixes our roads with his backhoe and stuff, and we'll get him down here to see what he can do. Yeah. So we ended up, we were supposed to go home that Sunday morning, all day Sunday up to Sunday night. He still, he would get the bridge partially fixed. Like as by that, I mean, he would dump a bunch of gravel, maybe enough for a car to go across. Yeah. But then it would kick up rain again and it would flood, it would wash it all out. Oh man. So we stayed a whole extra day and that night and the people, there was the people that owned it live up there on that mountain. Oh, okay. And us, and there's like seven other of these things scattered out. All these people end up, we're all, most of us are at the office. We're out of food. Yeah. And these owners went to their houses and raided their pantries and stuff and brought back. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, it was like a mix and match dinner. Like what we made at the house at the yurt that night, but we ate, you know? Yeah. It was. And then all night that night, same shit. Just. <laughs> well, I take that back. It stopped at about 3 a.m. Yeah. And we got to sleep from three till about nine. Yeah. And then I want to say, no, not at nine at seven 45 or eight. They called us. And they said, he's got enough of something that you could drive across it if you're careful, but do it now before it starts raining again, you know? <laughs> so we threw everything in there and hauled ass and, and made it across his little makeshift. But it was a cool adventure. Yeah, it, cool it was story. It was a nice place to be stranded. Yeah. Because you come out of, our, of the yurt, and in, the yurt itself is like 12 feet up on this platform. Yeah. And then you're looking across. We were above clouds. There oh, were I got pictures. Awesome. Was, there that's were clouds awesome. under us. It was so yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. There's a hot tub there. So I'm like, okay, well, we got food now. This is not a bad place to be stranded. Yeah, sure. So we just kind of hung out and watched movies all that day. What was your dinner like, the second dinner? The second dinner was a pack of uh, the 90-second rice. Okay. That had expired two years earlier. Yeah. But I ate it anyway. No, it's, yeah, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> right. And uh, what else? Oh, some leftover spaghetti. Like this, the girl that was one of the owners was like, I made the spaghetti last night. Um, and so we took it. <laughs> leftover spaghetti. Sounds good. Yeah. And then with that rice, I still had a couple of sausages and eggs that I'd brought for breakfast. So I made like a Spanish, you know, rice, scrambled eggs and pinched up sausage. I bet it was good. Just eating it out of this metal pot, you know, yeah, while watching yeah. TV. So That's that was awesome. our say. Yeah, it was it was a good adventure. Yeah. And it was we met some col- colorful characters. There was, you know, it, those conversations where you see one of the other couples out and you're like, hey, and. What's this is crazy, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah. What's funny is I talked to three other couples, and the first thing they all said was, "Oh, we ran out of booze. Do you have any booze? Oh, we ran yeah. out of booze." You know, and we're like, "Oh no, we don't. Sorry." <laughs> but this one lady was real interesting. She came kind of stumbling over from hers, and she was holding a wine glass, and she was just wearing her uh, like a a pink uh, bathrobe. And she's like, "Hi!" She came over, and she like you know she'd been drinking some wine. Yeah, and she was just like. Uh, she was just pretty funny. We yeah. got to talk to her for a minute. And if y'all need anything. And, and we said, do you, do you have any food? Cause this was before they gave us more food. 
And she's like, "No, nah, we're just gonna we're just gonna fast and survive on wine till tomorrow." You know, we're like, "Okay." But yeah. anyway, it was the calories, pe- the right? people you meet, and yeah, it was a pretty cool adventure. Yeah, you know, it ended up being pretty. That fun. sounds awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, no regrets for sure on that one. No, no, and they, you know, of course, they didn't charge us for the extra night because yeah, I was, we couldn't that's leave. What I was going to ask, yeah, you know what's funny is the name. I can't remember the exact name of the place, but it was after the name of it. It said and institute. So the whole time we're talking like, what, why, how is it an institute? It was like something, mm. something, something re- retreat and institute. So while we were there that night, uh, and it is a little creepy when you're in basically a tent and it's, and it's pouring rain and you're on this mountain and there's other couples that you don't know. It almost felt like a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we were laying there in bed and, and, and Jess was like, what if the institute part is. They say, you know, they get you up here and then they say the bridge is washed out where there's no way out and we can't leave. And they end up like trapping us or keeping us or something it's like, like a that. Hotel California type of situation. Yeah, man. You could never leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I my thought was, I felt like it was a movie in the way that what if overnight like a murder happened? Right. Oh, yeah. And there's only like eight eight yurts, two people, 16 people there on the mountain. Yeah. Plus, plus the, no owners. one can leave. No one can leave. And yeah. They're, and they're like interviewing all of us and where were you at? And you know, it'd be cool. It'd be pretty interesting. It'd be a cool short story or a book or whatever. Yeah. Or a movie. It was, a, it was a cool, uh, but you know, we didn't even get to the get murder home. in yurt 14 <laughs> coming soon, but we didn't even get home. Like, you know, Jess had to call her boss and make arrangements because we didn't even get off the mountain until yeah. when we would actually be getting to work. But anyway, so I'm uh, stuck in a yurt. Yeah. Yeah. What's a yurt? Well, yeah. Like, I got pictures. I'll show you. Yeah. But no, man, it was a fun adventure. It was cool. It was. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's one of those like you, you uh, have a cool story to tell from it and that's, that makes it worth it. Totally. Um, I saw some kind of quote on social media or something. It was a one of those memes that you're kind of glad to see because it has a good message. And it was basically one part of it was like, um, you know, go out, travel, meet people. That way you have stories. That's better than spending your time like status grabbing, like buying some kind of stupid thing yeah. to make your neighbors jealous, <laughs> spend that money and travel, meet people. Yeah. Then you have the cool stories and then you, you know, so yeah. that's basically what it was in a sense. I can't remember exactly what it said, but Dude. yeah. So that, so you followed that advice. That's cool. During the day we were stranded. There's the last thing I'll say about it. I think from the top of the mountain down to where the bridge was washed out was like two miles mm-hmm. of the dirt road. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to walk it. I'm going to walk down there and see how bad it is. Because it hasn't rained in an hour, you know, it's like, surely it won't rain forever now. Yeah. I'm an idiot, (laughs) but I get all the way down. It's about two miles. I bet I'm a mile and three quarters. Yeah. And it gets black again (laughs) and just starts blowing. And I'm genuinely scared. I'm so far away from anything. And the bottom just dropped out of the clouds. And although I I made a U-turn and all the way back, I mean, it was about a 15, 20 minute walk back to the, you know, the yurt at the top of the mountain. Yeah. And I'm just like a drowned rat, you know, when I get back there, I was like, God, that was a stupid idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But anyway. Still, that's awesome. It yeah. was, yeah, good times. Yeah. I bet you're still glad you went, even though it's kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I wouldn't sure. trade it. I wouldn't yeah, trade it. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you want to get to uh, uh, the meat and potatoes yeah. of the episode? Yeah. So smash and grab episode 39. I hope you guys are enjoying it so far. Yeah. So basically all I did, and I think I touched on this earlier, but I looked up a few weird kind of funny news stories and maybe one or two like, you know, it's a little known fact, a little Cliff Clavin 
for you guys. Oh yeah, I love Cliff. <clears throat> you know he was. Oh, we talked about this last time or one time. He wasn't a main character at yeah, the beginning, but yeah. he was just so good. Yeah, that they brought him. Yeah, he ended up being one of the main characters. Yeah, to me, that's kind of that's kind of a testament to the show. Because I mean, little decisions like that. I mean, is what makes a show last. Oh yeah. Because it's like, what would it be without him? Him and the relationship he had with uh, Norm. Norm. Yeah, him and Norm. Yeah, yeah. And this is a completely different show, but the same ingredients. Uh, the Walking Dead. You know, Daryl. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was supposed to die, right? Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, he was supposed to be just like, oh, there's this guy on a few episodes and he's dead. But if, obviously, he is literally one of the biggest characters. Man, that guy Glenn was in the town I live in today. He was eating at the little hamburger stand. Are the, you kidding? The lady me? took a selfie with him. The guy that it, played when, Glenn? Yeah, when Jennifer when Jennifer or when my wife said uh she said, "Hey, he was uh he was down at uh the local hamburger stand here." I was like, "No, nah, it probably is just like Right there another, by the square? Yeah. You're kidding me. He is probably just like another guy that kind of looked like him. Yeah. Um but she showed me I was like, "No, that's him." What was he doing down there? I don't know. I still haven't got I'm going to go down there tomorrow and ask. Of course, they did just film a TV show literally right there a few months ago. Yeah, but I mean, he w- not that like true detective no yeah but yeah. i mean he's not associated with that no but maybe it was something to do with i don't know maybe yeah something to do with yeah that. i mean i mean yeah there's no telling that was so cool by the way the episode they were filming of true detective you know it was set back in like the 70s yeah and i know i told you this story but lexi and i it was like one in the morning or something i think i was coming back from a gig and i pick her up from her mama's on the way, so we're driving through your town, and they were filming. Oh, and that's cool! All that whole section of town, you you remember? Yeah, oh yeah. They changed the signs to older stuff, <laughs> yeah. and it was all old cars. Yeah, and there were old police cars lined up. All they like, put a social media post. They wanted anyone that had a car from this year to this year original. Yes. No modern upgrades or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I was driving my old 70s square body. Oh, that's cool. And so we didn't get in on it, but I I saw all the lights and cameras and stuff and all the old cars. So we like flipped to Yui and pulled up there and like watched them for a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Because it was just too cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then left. But yeah, man, that was really neat. I I liked, there were some people that didn't like episode or season three, but I liked it a lot. I Um, haven't watched it yet. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, hmm. It's just cool how they did it. You, really? You'll have to watch it and check it out. It's okay. pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And speaking of TV, and we will get to yeah. the stories, uh, Beth Chapman. Rest in peace, Beth Chapman. She is the wife of Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh, yeah. She, she died. She passed away her? today. She had cancer. Oh, I didn't know that. She uh, hmm. she had cancer and she oh. lost. And no, I. isn't it weird? I haven't watched that show in years. And or even thought about it, but I was still genuinely, I was genuinely bummed out. I remember, I, I didn't watch that show very many times, but I, whenever you say her name, well, well when you described who it was, I was like, I've had a visual of who she was. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So anyway. Yep. So that's a bummer, man. Rip. Yeah. It feels like it's not, man, it feels like it's not if you're going to get cancer, but just when and how bad. Well, there's, you know, we could go on a tangent on that, but um, there's a thought that or well, not a thought, but a hypothesis that everyone has it. It's just, is it in act dormant or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because there are just in the past, literally just in the past few months, three people in, yeah. in my circle of people I know have found out they've had it. And it's yeah. just insane, man. It yeah. just feels like every time you turn around, someone else yeah. has cancer. That's Yeah. That's crazy. Um. Anyway. Yep. So 
Rest in peace, Beth yeah, Chapman. For sure. All right. So do you want to get to our first story? Yeah, let's do some fun. We're talking about cancer. Let's have some Come fun. On. Let's just kick our shoes off and Come just on. be silly. Let's let's leave our troubles at the door. <laughs> so this comes to us from uh, HuffPost.com. Okay. You're like going to love this. I like Huffington Post. And this is all true, by the way. These are true stories. Okay. 55-year-old Kevin Bacon, and not the actor. Uh, There's another Kevin Bacon. First off, right out of the gate. Amazing. What? Kevin Bacon's awesome. Yes. Uh, the real Kevin. Well, this is a real Kevin Bacon, too. Yes, but the, the one everyone knows. Yeah. He's a, he's an awesome guy. Yeah, I've seen some interviews with him of recent, and he's a cool guy. And he's supposedly a really he's pretty good, funny. Yeah, and he's a good, uh, the Bacon Brothers, he's a good uh, singer. And yeah. A, and a good yeah. whatever. Yeah, but keep, Kevin, another Kevin Bacon. Yes, 55-year-old not famous Kevin Bacon was arrested after hitting a Thetford Police Department squad car while, can you get, I could give you 11 years to guess what was distracting him that made him hit this police car, and you I've would got never some, guess. I've got some bad ones, but. Uh, it's not bad, it's hilarious. Uh, and not dirty, it's just it's just straight up hilarious. Picking his nose. He was, he had a cell phone. Okay. Looking up clips of Saved by the Bell. <laughs> That's not hilarious. That's sad. <laughs> That's not funny. Oh, no, it gets worse. It gets more sad when I tell you what. That's so stupid. When I tell you what That's specific so episode stupid. he was looking up. All right. Uh, okay. According to WCAX TV, the officer was aiding a motorist on Interstate 91 in Vermont when Bacon crashed into his police cruiser. Bacon didn't seem to notice what happened and continued to drive for a short distance. Then he stopped the car before fleeing the scene of the crash, the, state, the station reported. Bacon was nabbed a mile from the crash scene, according to a Vermont funny, state right. police report. Bacon was looking down at his phone at the time of the crash, of course. The object of his attention was an episode of Saved by the Bell from 1992 entitled Screech's Spaghetti Sauce. I don't remember that one. I didn't either, but I looked it up, and it's okay. back where there was a competition, like a taste testing competition oh, for spaghetti or something like remember that. that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the police report does not note why Bacon was interested enough in that episode that he allegedly had to research it while driving. He was charged with gross negligent operation of a vehicle and leaving the scene of a crash. He was also if you issued a traffic citation for texting while driving. I like the gross part because that show did not age well. I've watched episodes recently because oh they just come on reruns. That show did not age well. And hey, you want? We talked about the fourth wall that Mister Roper would break in yeah. in uh, Three's Company. Zach, yeah, Zach would do that totally. Yeah, but that was stupid. And he also kind of did a Fonzie thing where he would like snap or something, and everybody would freeze, and he would be like, "Oh, but Screech doesn't know is I put Vaseline and blah blah blah, you know, or whatever." We've so, had this conversation before about how Zach Morris was the biggest douche. In well, history. there's a YouTube channel. Zach, it's like Zach Morris's trash or something. And it talks about all this stuff. And hey, you know, you know what? Something that's interesting about this. Uh, so, you know, Back to the Future is like one of my favorite movies. Mm -hmm. And I, I think you like it really well. Oh, yeah. Uh, the creator of Rick and Morty, he's a really smart guy. And I can't remember his name. I apologize because some super nerd that's awesome will be like, Hey, how come you can't remember that? Well, we can't remember a, everything guys. He is a real smart guy. And he had a really good point that, that in the, in the back to the future documentary, he said that if you really look at back to the future on paper, he's like, really the plot's not great because if you think about it, what did Marty learn? He he basically made mistakes through the whole movie, and then right. at the end, he just got what he what he 
like he was rewarded, right. basically. Okay. But what did he what did he learn? Like he went back and he made all these mistakes, and then when he got back to the present, his family was better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he it's not like he was like, you know, it's really profound for me to think yeah, about. His family was better and Biff was like, Oh, you want me to put a second coat down there? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> So, and kudos to that guy for bringing that up because it's a great movie. And, and basically, I think what he was kind of getting at is like, it must be like almost like a masterpiece, kind of like a, a Mona Lisa or something. Because to have a, to have a story that has that glaring discrepancy of like systematic, you know, hey, the the main character comes away and they have a deeper sense of themselves because of their journey. Yeah. But he doesn't, and but it but it's still considered one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, and and I'm not saying I'm not backpedaling saying I don't like that movie more. He didn't learn anything. Oh no, I know you love. I'm just kind of analyzing it. It's like you know, but I mean maybe it's just kind of more real because not we don't learn everything at every point of our lives. No, sometimes things just look out for us. Yeah, that's true. You know, so I don't know. I, I don't that's know if that of, was worthy to bring up, but yeah. but to me, when he said, that, I was like, "Man, that guy's right." <laughs> I know. Why did you do that? Yeah, don't exactly. do that to my movies. No, I'm kind of glad he did because you kind of look at it at a, in a, kind of a deeper sense, you know. Than, uh, but it was a little satisfying when the guy in the black four by four when they raced at the end. Oh, well, see, but but I guess I'm talking about the first one. Oh, I'm not yeah. Really going I'm getting to, them all mixed up. I'm no, thinking no, of you, different parts. No, you're thinking of the end of the third one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he does learn something there. So I guess they wrap it up nicely. Yeah. But they weren't even intended on making that second and third one. Oh, really? It was just going to be a one-shot deal? Yeah. So the the thing, I, I think one time that I read or I heard maybe Bob Gale, the guy who wrote the screenplay, said that the thing like to be continued was kind of like a like more of a thing like and their life continues on and the space time continuum not really a thing like we're coming back with it which seems kind of weird to me but i don't know Yeah, that does um but they didn't know it was gonna be a huge hit i guess um uh anyway uh back to back to saved by the bell this (laughs) this this is my moment for to uh and this might be my moment to where if we had like a million followers we would have like 20 30 percent come back at me and call me racist about the story I'm about to tell you. Uh-oh. So, ready? Yeah. We were talking about oh, yeah. Saved by the Bell the other day. <clears throat> yeah. And I said, I told my wife, and my wife got me on this. I said, man, I always had a crush Crush on, here's what I said. I always had a crush on Black Lisa. Black I, Lisa? You called her Black Lisa? <laughs> now, now, before- Are you Mark Twain writing a- <laughs> I can't even, the N-word, Jim. Oh, no, that was really- No, I didn't call her that. Creative. But let me, let, and this is in, I'm going to explain why I said that. Okay. I'm going to give you ample time. Go ahead. <laughs> because you can pounce on me. Now I'm telling you the beginning and the end, we're right. all right together because I don't have very much time to let this dangle out there because I already people are like, oh, I can't believe him. Right. <laughs> the nerve of that guy. But here's why. And tell me if this holds water. If you haven't watched Saved by the Bell in 20 years, however long it was on. You may not remember all. I mean, you'll remember Kelly probably, but you don't remember Lisa and Jesse so much. Right. So my that was my way for my brain to say I had a crush on Lisa. That Which was one's way- Lisa? Oh, the African-American one. Right. And by the way, that's not racist if there's a group of people and and one of them is a black guy named James. Yeah. And you're like, oh, James and I went and hung out. 
Wait, which guy's James? The black guy. It's but, just the first thing that it's yeah, the first exactly. identifying thing to let them know which person it was. If but, he wasn't black, then yeah. you have to go to the next. Sure. Anything. Exactly. Oh, it's the guy with the mustache or yeah. whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, but I will say I regret doing that. I don't think <laughs> I don't think I should have done that. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna Liam Neeson it right now and say that I was in a I shouldn't. That's a, that's sorry logic. Yeah, but that poor Liam Neeson, that wasn't even good enough for a lot of people. Well, I know it wasn't. He he's That's insane. He, he's vilified now. Um which you can't just see that he was in a bad place in his life and he and he regrets that. That's why he's telling that story. That's exactly. part Exactly. Come on. The he first learned. part to to solving a problem is identifying the problem and he and he was like, "Yeah, that was a huge problem. I shouldn't have done that." Right. And so, um I just brought that up because it's kind of a funny tale and my wife's like, "What?" Why'd you call her that? And I was like, I don't know. That was stupid. You well, know, I, I immediately thought, man, that's stupid that I right. did that. Yeah. Why'd I do that? But in the end, I know you and I've known you for almost yeah. 20 years and I know you're not a racist person. And I, and I wasn't making a point that like I had a crush on her and it was a big deal because she was of color or African-American or whatever. Right. It was just, it was just weird that I did that. Well, okay. So, but from what I'm understanding in just a split second, your brain was like, well, no one's seen this show in forever. Yeah. Uh, how could I most quickly identify which one was her? Yeah, exactly. Okay, because if it would have been Kelly Kapowski that you were talking about, you would have been, maybe you would have said the brunette Kelly or something. Yeah, or, or, you would or have preppy, named an, preppy Kelly. Right, you would have named or, an identifying characteristic. Cheerleader Kelly. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what I, what I was going for. Yeah, I don't so, think that was a racist yeah. thing at all. I, I apologize. I, you know. Wasn't there a sketch, maybe it was Saturday Night Live, where a black guy had robbed somebody or something. And when, when the guy calls nine one one, he's like, can you, uh, can you uh, describe the oh, suspect? Oh yeah. And he's like, well, he was, he doesn't want to say it. Yeah, exactly. He's like he was tan, really tan. <laughs> was he a black guy? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not. Yeah. Saying, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, just, yeah. He was muscular yeah. and he was, mm, yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't want to say yeah. it. But. <laughs> I, I do remember that. I forgot. It seems like it was nineties. I don't remember. Yeah, but it was really good, though. Yeah. All so, right. I apologize. You don't need to. I don't think you have anything to apologize yeah, for. It was just, yeah, it was silly. It was just, it was just silly me being, you know, saying silly things. Yeah. It's just if there's a group of people and if a tall guy did something to you out of this group, he's the tall guy, you you would say. Yeah. Oh, Jim, the really tall guy. Yeah. That's just all you're doing is naming yeah. an, an identifying characteristic of that person. Yeah. But, you know, she's more than than that than than what I, what I said I'm not going to repeat it again right. I only said it one time <laughs> she's more than that I I I thought I loved her character Lisa Turtle. and you want to you want to know something else about Lisa Turtle that's bull crap and, and and I'm on her side on this why is she the screech the one that screech likes and she always has to so <laughs> Kelly is always with Zach and sometimes with AC Slater. Right. And then, but sometimes AC Slater's with Jesse. Right. But yep. you know, Lisa gets screech. Yeah. That's bull. Freaking screech. Yeah. He's yeah. A, that's bull. Crap. It's unwatchable. It is. Oh, he, he's, he's a screech he, is unwatchable. It's not. Urkel is a better, a lot better, better character than and screech. He's still painful though. Yeah. But, but I'm going to say he's better. Yeah. Right. Yeah, There's, he did it. Doesn't better. he have more depth? Jaleel White did it better. Yeah, uh, I think so. But yeah, I think just so. the second screech comes on. Whoa! I didn't even see. The <laughs> oh, oh yeah. my goodness, God in heaven! Yeah, but yeah, anyway. and it maybe we have a dislike. He was for him cute. Just, like first couple seasons. Do you know? You know the first season of Saved by the Bell 
was a uh, it was centered on the teachers. Did you know that? No. Remember the teacher, like the, Belding. Oh, he was the principal, but yeah, yeah, but he was. But the main character was the was the female teacher, and she was in Parent Trap when she was a kid. No way. Yeah, it was her and her teacher friends, and the kids were kind of just was like that. This. Haley Mills. No, that's uh, way back. No. Never mind. Don't people don't. I can't laugh. remember her name. Sometimes you just can't remember stuff. It's but okay. I think she had an accent, maybe maybe an English accent. But that was the first season. Saved by the Bell was about the teachers, okay. and the kids were kind of just like side characters. But then, like Zach Morris sold the show because he's such a d bag. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> People love the d bags. Been played out by, by yeah. The way. Okay, so just man, ignore that. That's the most we've ever talked about. Uh, Saved by the Bell, I think. That's the most anyone should ever talk about. <laughs> Saved by the Bell. I'm just, you know, it wasn't a bad show at the time, but it's kind of like Beavis and Butthead. It just did not age well. I can't watch that either now. Yeah. I just, just, I'm just like, whoa. I literally feel like, I feel like I'm starting to have a stroke. Like the left side of my face starts to droop. I just can't. It's I can't. just like, it's just like it had its time, you know? It had its time when it was funny and it, it meant a lot to me. <laughs> no, it didn't mean a lot to me. But uh, I do remember my friends and I, when we were in middle school watching that and laughing, we thought it was super funny. Uh, but hey, look at Mike Judge. I mean, the guy evolved. I mean, Office Space, Office one Space. of the best movies of yeah, all Yeah, King of the time. Hill was more sophisticated. Yeah. And uh, what else? He's made something more recently, like oh, a movie, right? Oh, he's done right? several things, yeah, yeah, but I can't like, even. Yeah, anyway, uh, so he evolved with the time. So. Let, let me tell you a, a, mo- a, not a movie, a TV show that I've been obsessed with lately. Yeah. I loved it when it came out in the 90s. My daughter's obsessed with it, too. This show, don't laugh at me. It aged incredibly well. Okay. Dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Dinosaurs is an amazing show. And I'll tell you what. Yeah, that is a great show. It didn't dawn on me. And Not to Mama is not the best bit from that show. Quit doing Not to Mama. (laughs) I love love Baby Sinclair. I I do, but but there's a lot more to that show than that where he's beating the person with the spoon or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Not to Mama. Nice beating his dad, Earl. Yeah, that's that's not the best part of that show. No, you know, my, you know who my favorite character is Earl's buddy, the T Rex Roy. <laughs> Remember, hey, Pally boy. I like the grandma quite Hey, a bit. Pally boy. Oh yeah, yeah, hey, fat boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, but I, I didn't realize it as a kid. But they actually tackle some pretty serious subjects on that show. Yeah, I I remember, and I remember the little science references, the little extinct, extinction things. Yes. Yeah. Like uh, there was an episode I watched the other day. Where these poppy plants were growing everywhere and these beetles were supposed to come in, bunch beetles were supposed to come in and migrate and they eat all the poppy plants. They do it every year and it's just the cycle. Okay. And the poppy plants were growing everywhere and there's no bunch beetles. What's going on? And well, the bunch beetles go to the swamp to mate and then they eat all the poppies. Well, they go to the swamp where it used to be and it's like a giant member of the We Say So Corporation. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a giant uh, waxed fruit so. making factory. Okay. And this guy's out there, and he's like, yeah, we killed all. You can't have a factory with all these bugs flying around. They get sucked up in the intake vents, you know? <laughs> this dinosaur telling him that. And uh, and it's like, <laughs> so to to combat that, the We Say So Corporation, you know, the big boss that's always, like, super scary in that little trailer. He's like, oh, we got to invent something to spray all these puppies. So they spray the whole planet with this insecticide. Yeah. It kills everything, though. <laughs> it ends up being like this is nuclear wasteland. Yeah. But, you know, the whole debate was, uh, you know, 
uh, Earl was on the side of we say so. Like, no, we need progress. It's progress. you got to clear this yeah. out. And then Charlene, the daughter, was like, no, there has to be a natural balance to things. And you yeah. can't interrupt. She kind of gives me a Lisa Simpson. Oh, totally. Vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then, you yeah. know, there was another episode that was about sexism, you know, where it was like written in the bylaws that the, there was a, a, a like a, a male that was head of the house. and all this. But anyway, I said all that to say I didn't realize that as a kid watching it as a teenager, but watching it now, I'm like, wow, they're they're tackling like really specific. Yeah. Hot button. Issues. No, that's cool. And it's really cool. But uh, I like when it's done by that. people in dinosaur costumes. So it kind of <laughs> slips by you. But then afterwards, you're like, hold on. They taught me a lesson there. Yeah. Hey, how dare you teach me something? <laughs> I don't want any quality entertainment. In my yeah. No, that's good stuff. Yeah, you know, I I do remember kind of a. It's it was more higher brow than it looked like yes, it would be. It, it looked like, almost is. looked like it would it would be a kids show. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but no, there's some super clever yeah. references in there and just stuff that really makes you. Th- you ever I mean, meet? You ever meet like old guy that anything cartoon is for a kid? Yeah, I mean it drives me crazy. Yeah, that's not that's ridiculous. It's like. Well, I saw this cartoon. It came on late one night, and by golly, if one of my kids was watching that show, I'd take them over my knee. I can't believe they'd make that for kids. Like, uh, oh, that was heavy metal. No, kids shouldn't watch that. You remember that? I do remember that. Okay, I'm thinking like Squidbillies, anything like that. Oh, yeah. Like uh, Squidbillies. Uh, yeah. So yeah, just because it's a cartoon doesn't mean for kid. And and that show, um, obviously, kids can watch that because it came on primetime ABC or whatever. It oh, was ABC, great. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I like that show. Really. Yeah. You know, I, I always think about that show and I think about Alf, which Alf wasn't done quite as well, but I liked Alf. I, I loved thought, Alf, man. Yeah. I loved um, Alf. Um, just the, Yo, you know, really? yeah, the cat, you know, always wanted to eat Where was he from? Or... Melmac? Melmac, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, All yeah. Right. He's really cool. You know, what's funny is I I don't know if anyone listening to us knows what the hell we're talking about. Alf, alien, alien life form. Remember? Yeah. He, Look it up. Yeah. He he had Henry, was that his, his oh, The name? owner? The, the owner. The guy that always oh, yeah. I couldn't stand yeah. the way that guy yeah. talked. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a good show. Anyway. Right. So next story. Yeah. Hey, well, I do want to tell you a okay. dinosaur thing. Oh, yeah. If yeah, you yeah. want to watch something really cool, there's a TED Talk by this guy, and I have to find it. I was going to look for it, but I but I was, like, drifting off. How's the Wi-Fi signal down um, here? It's, it's okay. It's okay. okay. But uh, basically, it was this guy that it's like a 15-minute TED Talk, and um, if I find it, I'll link it to the website. But basically, he was talking about him and his colleagues in the 90s were talking about where are all the baby dinosaurs? Every dinosaur has a name and there's never like, well, here's a baby triceratops. I never thought and here's about an adult. that. But think about this. When you find a new dinosaur, you name it and you catalog it and then it's in there. So you have the Tyrannosaurus and you have this other one called the proto Tyrannosaurus. That's like a little Tyrannosaurus. It's like, Hey, they had a little one and they had a big one. Oh, but it's just a baby Tyrannosaurus. Right? Yeah. So it was real funny. The and and I recommend the guy even more than the the content because he's he you know you want to see somebody that's really smart that's funny and easy to listen to. It's easy to watch a, a lecture. Not easy. It's not easy to watch a lecture <laughs> lecture of some guy that's super intelligent, but it's just like you know Ben Stein. You know. Oh, oh God, yeah. Have dry eyes. Mueller. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's Mueller. a good impression. That's, that's very good. But this guy, he basically, the way that he packages it up, and the, he does a lot more, but he's like, so we determined, we looked at this, we looked at these growth plates, and they ha- he has a great visual, by the way. 
these growth plates versus these. And we looked at the two species and we figured out, boom, proto Tyrannosaurus is now extinct. You know, it's like the whole crowd laughs. Wouldn't that stuff. be like a million years from now when people are extinct in aliens land? Look, there was little ones and there was tall ones. I don't know why they would sound like <laughs> this that. This is proto-human and this yeah. is, you know. This and then is, they were yeah. giant humans yeah. that were six feet tall. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> it, and, and he wasn't really like ragging on like the scientists of the past. But I mean, it was just like that made sense, sense to them. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, it was, it was real cool. So basically what he did is he took like a whole bunch of species and he put it down to like, you know, 12 or 13, which is really cool. Uh, but the whole talk's so, un- so incredibly funny. Uh, and you're learning and laughing. That, to me, if you go to TED Talks, I recommend this for anyone. Go to TED Talks, go to Discover, and they give you all these different topics. And you have like sci- science, social science psychology food health all this stuff but there's one called funny and those are really cool really there's this girl that hacked hacked she hacked the dating scene so basically she made these dating websites look for her because she was like a real analytic analytic person (laughs) so she basically ranked all these people and then she figured out a way to make it all work for her but it's a real funny talk too how do you feel about sites i can't remember what the name of it uh, e-harmony or something yeah how do you feel about when they take all here's here's the fundamental uh, we'll get back to the i don't even guess it matters if we get back or not to the <laughs> stories who cares we're just bullshitting anyway yeah. <laughs> but here's the fundamental flaw in my opinion of any site that tries to use this formula the formula of everybody creates their profile they answer all these questions mm-hmm. and then of course the algorithms and the computer analyzes everything and it, and it matches people with their sure. perfect match here's the problem the problem is the very first step where people answer questions about themselves. I don't know very many people who see themselves in a completely unbiased, like real yeah. way. Yeah. No, uh, it, it would be difficult for anyone, I think. I don't see people answering those questions honestly. No. Yeah, yeah, I'm a pretty funny guy. Well, no, you're not really that funny. You think you are, <laughs> but you're not. Or, you know, oh, I'm this or I'm that, or my friends tell me I'm this. No, it shouldn't be you're answering your own questions. I, I think that they should have, like, somebody just shadows your life for six months and sees what kind of person you actually are, and they fill out that questionnaire yeah. and then put it on the dating site. There's a great Black Mirror episode on dating like that. Oh, it's really? really? It's one of my favorite ones. Um, I forgot the episode title, though. And here's the whole deal, because do you remember these stupid dating shows like on MTV or whatever? I don't yeah, remember yeah, what. yeah. But they would always like it would show the guy or the girl, whoever. They would say like Jim and, and, and they would tell you about themselves. Yeah. And every time it was like this every time. Yeah, I'm really funny. I'm the life at the party. I'm just I'm just a loose cannon. <laughs> Friends tell me I'm all just crazy. I'm really fun, but you know, I'm also really independent, you know. Yeah. And then it shows them getting together. Yeah. That of course you think you're all those things, but no, in reality, in reality what are you? Well, so that's the problem with To me, sites. to me it's just it has to be this way. It has to be like e-harmony is like your dad and ho- holding on to the back of the bike. Uh, just <laughs> keeping you from falling, just kind of get getting you started. Yeah, and then when he releases, then it's up to you to determine if that person was full of it or not, and if you like that person and if they like you. And it so to me, it's just like a. I hope I hope it's just like a start. You know, it's just like a way to connect. I guess. Um, yeah, I'm um, just saying. No, no, yeah. I mean, 
I, I would be incredibly skeptical. And this person in the Ted talk mentions this, like, you know, the part where you're like what I'm looking for. And she said, I think it's from this. I hope it's from this, but if, if it's not, it's from something else. It's from somewhere. But so you write all this stuff and you write this detailed profile about what you're looking for and you hit send. Like, do you really know? I mean, that doesn't that take some of the, oh, well, she said I'm looking for this and I'm not that. So I'm not going to reply to her. Right. Um, you know, you know, are you, you know, you're friends with people sometimes that it's like, man, that person's totally different than me like this, but they're cool. I like that. I like that about them. You know, it's something that maybe I didn't think I'd like about them, but I do or something, you know, exactly kind of takes that out of it. Yeah. And you're not even getting a person that's really those things. You're getting a person that put on their profile. They think they're those things. <laughs> well, they, yeah, that's true. It's, it's all built that's on, true. on dishonesty or not even delusion. Maybe not even like someone purposefully yeah. being misleading, but I just wonder how many good matches and, and great marriages they're going into however many. So let's say eHarmony has been out like eight years. Maybe there's some people that have been married eight years. I mean, they, they hook up from there and it's all going great or whatever. I think on the commercial, they say they have a pretty good success yeah. rate. So I'm just wondering in those scenarios, if there's some people that are like, they met for the first time and they're like, Hey, this, oh, this eHarmony stuff's bullshit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. Isn't it? It's so stupid. But then they end up building a bond and they're just themselves. And they understand that all that, like, don't worry about that. I put that like long walks, walks on the beach, you yeah, know, don't yeah. put, don't worry about that anymore. This is who I really am. And we're getting to know each other this way. I just hope they just kind of let all that go. And, and, and kind of like you just, you get to be yourself and they get to be themselves and you end up bonding that way. Yeah. And you're not living some kind of, Oh, I said I was really good at math. Oh, it was 15% of $44. If she, if I have to figure it out on my, on my phone, she's going to know I'm not good at math. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. And it's all, like I say, like if I was doing that and I was filling it out, I'm not going to volunteer that I have mother issues and that I'm obsessed with serial killers. I'm going to keep that stuff in my back pocket. Yeah. That's, gonna, that's, you know something. what I'm saying? Yeah. That's some, yeah. You don't want to put that first. <laughs> I'm going to lead with that. Yeah. You're talking about the math thing that reminded me. This yeah. is a hilarious story. A long time ago, my sisters are smart. Uh, unlike me. And one of them <laughs> was, was a part of like the math leads or something. You are smart, sir. And it was, she had some t-shirt from some math competition that she'd won. Yeah. Well, I like took it from her. I don't know why. I just <laughs> wore it. I just took it from her. It was like, Tracy, I stole your shirt. And I go to town. I go to some restaurant <laughs> to eat. And a very pretty girl was our waitress. And apparently math was her thing. This is such a bizarre thing. But she came up and she's like, she saw my shirt and she was like, like, what team were you on? I was in the mathletes. I did this and this. And uh, I didn't roll with it. I just straight up told her, I was like, you know, this is not my shirt. Uh, and you never saw someone's facial expressions change so quickly. Yeah. As, you know, she was just like, oh, because I wasn't going to, I'm not good at math. So what if she starts, what if she wants to talk about integers or what if she wants to talk you about? Are, you are a greater man than I, because if I was, if I was like a teenager and single and that would happen, I'd be like, oh, I was on the, the pie team. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, we we like pie. And but my team. But uh, on the way back, we had a car wreck. Ooh, I could have said that. A couple of my teammates died. I don't talk about math anymore. Yeah, I don't ever want to talk about math again. <laughs> well, I was kicked by a mule, and they said that that hit the part of my brain that is mathematic. Yeah, and I forgot what that is. I w I knew that before. Yeah, but I used to be. So is that enough to get you to? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, are we friends now? 
Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we're talking about the the eHarmony thing and, and, and connecting and all that stuff. I'll tell you what, there's if there's one thing I've found that will really, I mean, you can be with someone for a long time and, and I guess you can get to know who they are. There's somewhere I read that it's like seven years seems to be this, like they did a study. It takes seven years? It takes seven years of being in a relationship with someone to really know them fundamentally, like really at a, at a really high level. That seems, that seems about right, really. And you know what's funny is there's that whole thing called the seven-year itch where statistically, ah. supposedly around the seven-year mark, there was a thing where that's where, where many of the marriages would end or infidelity would occur. So I wonder if there's some bell curve thing where it, like at seven years – is like this really volatile time. Isn't that strange? I see what you're saying. Seven year, after seven years, the your marriage license should expire and you have to renew it. Yeah. That, you know what? <laughs> I've heard that before and I almost think that that would be like you got to go and renew your marriage license every year. And then there, there it needs to be a strict law and, and your wife can't uh, or your husband can't uh, disagree with that. Well, it's time to renew. Yeah. But then there's going to be that awkward, are, are you going to renew for seven more? I know. It's like when that seven-year thing was coming up, like the husband would start like kissing ass and yeah. doing, oh, I made dinner, honey. He's like, oh, you want to renew that, yeah. right? <laughs> well, in the Black Mirror episode, you would date somebody, and you had this little thing, like a little handheld thing. And after your first date, you would the next day, you would, or maybe that night, you would hit the button. And I think they... Well, no, they didn't have to do it at the same time. You could do it whenever you wanted. You could go to the bathroom and hit the button, and it would tell you how long you're supposed to be with that person. I saw that one. Yeah. Because these two people were actually really in love. Yeah. Right? And then, and then yeah. they had to, yeah, I saw that one. That yeah. was really good. And one guy's like, hopefully it's like six months, and it was like two days. Right. Yeah. yeah. I saw that uh, No spoilers on that, really in, on that ending, uh, because everyone knows a Black Mirror, is they're like Twilight Zone. They yeah. all have a cool ending, or a twist or something like that. Right. So no spoilers on that, but uh, it was really cool. Yeah, uh, I, I thought as a, it was kind of dystopia, a little of. bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the way their lifestyle, or maybe were a utopia. The... I could see that somebody could argue that's a utopia. Yeah, and I guess it depends on how well it worked out. <laughs> I don't know. Or I mean, even even if it did or if it didn't, you could argue both ways. I think in both scenarios, I think. Yeah. Anyway, but one thing I've noticed that. You know, I don't seven years or not. I don't know anything about that, really. Uh, I mean, we've both been far beyond that. Yeah, with, with our wives. But one thing, and man, I'm joking about making that mandatory. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. that's a nightmare. I think that's <laughs> dystopia because there's every seven years. There's, I mean, think about it. Uh, every seven years, there's a potential for a dramatic and crazy argument. Right. Because That'd the be guy's terrible. like, ah, I don't think I'm gonna re. I don't think. I'm going to renew. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know, are but, the girls are the, maybe the females. I don't think I want to. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, that would be a disaster. Yeah. Man. But the one thing that I've noticed, if you want to really connect with your wife, the times where you really see what, what each other are made of adversity. Sure. Um, I mean, you can do it without adversity, but in the, in the times when things are pure shit, when things are not going right or when finances are terrible or when there's circumstances going on that are awful that you both you either you either get stronger and bond together and, and form a team and be like, how do we combat this? How do we survive this? Yeah. Or it splits you apart. You yeah. know what I mean, I, I mean, tonight is a great example. 
and this is something, and this isn't a trick, and I'm not, I wasn't trying to be deceitful, but we had a little disagreement, and I thought about it, and I thought, man, this is my fault. Oh, yeah, you were telling me that earlier. So I sent a text that said, that was 110% my fault. Yeah. And and that, and I'm not trying to promote that as a trick, but it, it diffused the situation pretty quickly. And I mean, people are, yeah, of course I did. You just took all the fault and that's not fair to you. But, but in that case, I kind of felt like it was. Well, if you feel like it was, then you did the right thing. And yeah. Because, because I reacted in an, in a negative way to something she asked me to do. Yeah. So I'm like, well, why did I react? The, the, you know, the first person to lose their temper was the person that ran out of ideas. I guess that's kind of what I heard from a business type uh, talk one time. I like that. Uh, so that's what I did. I was like, Oh, you know, you know, and then later on I was like, that was my fault. So, uh, if you think it's your fault, tell, tell them that it's your fault. Yeah. Don't be like, I'll never admit that, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So, um, and, and if you want to take that as a trick, uh, you can, but, to me, it's it's a it's a strategy for uh, de-escalating. Well, you're the just a, you're just mature and grown up enough to realize after, well, after in that after, case, yes, yeah, but not every realize. case. There are probably other cases where I'm like, ah, oh, no, I'm not admitting that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, we're only human, so yeah. No, thank you for saying that, but yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. But yeah, that was uh, that that helped out a lot because it was right after that a flood of really constructive, um you know, conversation came out of both of us. Right. Yeah. Because we, we, we weren't too, uh, proud all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. And that man, your marriage got 2% stronger when that happened. Yeah. I mean, really probably. Yeah. Like that's another Uh, brick in the wall. I mean, it's just stronger and stronger from those things. Yeah. Yeah. Our pride and, um, and Duncan Trussell had a really good point the other day. I think it might've been an older podcast I was listening to, but he said, and it, and it was kind of the teachings of like, um, I think he's, I think he was talking about Buddhism or whatever. Oh yeah. But, he does uh, a lot. So he probably, won't. but, uh, he said, and this is kind of a grand thought, but I'll sum it up pretty fast that, um, if you, and this is kind of his description and I think I'm where, where I'm failing what he said, I think I'm throwing in my own like, um, contemplations about what he said, but just imagine like a door that's open and there's like light coming out of it, like bright light. And all that light is love. And we turn our back on that with our like pride and our like, I'm right. You're wrong. Oh yeah. And I don't want you to know that I'm wrong and you're right. So I'm going to shield that. But then whenever you, whenever you actually you're honest with somebody and some, someone and you, you think of them and you have empathy for them above your own, that light gets by you and, and like you've, you know, that light comes through you to them. Yeah. That's like why. That. And when he, he talked about a baby, he said a, a, a baby is like pure, like emotion. They're not holding anything back. So he said, that's why, um, people love babies so much because they're not threatened by them blocking that stream of love because even when they're angry, they're being really honest about yeah. it you know you're just hit you're just seeing pure brutal honesty yeah. unfiltered emotion that's right. not that's hindered right. by any social constructs or anything at all yeah you ever yeah. say that thing to someone and i'm talking i'll go back to relationships because it's real easy emotions come out quickly 
in relationships more quickly than a friendship, I would think. Yeah. And what I mean is like you say that little thing to your wife and she's like, yeah, that's okay. But then you're like, oh, I picked up on something. Yeah. That's not okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, no, no, we're not. No, it's okay. And you're like, oh, I kind of got it. Or idea. the famous words, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, yeah, that's, thank you for, cl- that's even better. When they get super quiet and I was like, you haven't said a word in half an hour and you've walked by me. Are you okay? I'm fine. And you're digging a little bit more and they finally get like a, you finally get like a, I don't want to talk about it. You're like, oh, so, oh there's an it. You don't, you don't there's want to an talk about it. that you don't oh, want to talk about. I knew there was something. That's now right. stage three. What is it? Yeah. So you dig more and you dig more. Yeah. And, and us as, uh, you know, I'm a fixer and a lot of men are fixers. I mean, something breaks. We take it to a shop. We take it all apart and drill it and hammer it. and <laughs> <laughs> It's fixed. The thing is fixed. Yeah. So we have a mentality uh, to kind of paint with a broad brush. We have a mentality like, okay, let's fix this. But they're, I think, I think in a lot of ways they're smarter. And I think uh, they think, well, this is something that can't be fixed really fast. He's going to want to fix it really fast. So I'm going to bring it up right now. Yeah. You know, we can't fix this on the way to the store. And this is something, I don't know if this is specific to just my relationship, but I don't know. Have you ever noticed like if, if my, my wife and I get into an argument, which we rarely do, but if we do, even when we resolve it, it's like once we talk through it and resolve it, it seems like it takes her a little while. I just want to go right back to like cuddling on her and making <laughs> fart jokes. I'm like, everything's cool. But it seems like even after she, we've talked about it and we've made up and everything's fine, she still needs a little bit longer just to get back to yeah. it. So, you know, because she'll be like, I can't, you know. Yeah. So as a guy, I'm just like, oh, we talked it out. I just want it to be like snap yeah. your fingers and all of a sudden, you know, it's like cuddle time and all this stuff. It's, but beca- it's not I, that quick for a woman. Do you think it's because it's not really resolved for us, but men are better at like just saying, well, I'm going to sweep that under the rug and put that rug back down. No one's ever going to know. But <laughs> women are like, no, we can't have a bunch of dirt under that rug. Right. I'm yeah. not going to take, I'm not going to be so fast to sweep that under. Right. The rug. Yeah. They definitely are more methodical about it and, yeah. and wanting to actually get to the root of the problem. Yeah. And yeah, it's crazy. Let's but it makes the re- world go around. Let's start a marriage podcast. Ooh. No, I don't think I want to. No, I don't want to either. <laughs> well, I don't, who am I to say anything about it? It's too much. Yeah. No, I'm, I am not a licensed therapist. Uh, we'll have, if we keep talking like this, well, we're, we're going to have to do a thing where we record and we'll be like, Joe and Ivan are not licensed therapy, therapists and yeah. their views do not indicate the values of a good marriage. Yeah, don't listen to anything they say. It's, yeah, it'd be a disclaimer. You know what? I'll tell you what I am. I'm an average regular guy. Who's been married twice, and I've made mistakes. Sure, and I've worked through them. Yeah, and uh, I have a successful marriage. Yeah, so we're going to tell you I things talk we're pretty bit. sure about, and the things we're not sure about, we'll say that hopefully. Yeah, I think we're really honest about that. It's like ah, I don't know if this will work for you, but it'll work for me. Yeah, I know. I know what works for me. Yeah, and what worked for us. I mean, you can't have a podcast where you're like asking questions and you're not giving any answers the whole podcast what are we jeopardy well they do both actually but uh you know you can't be like hey what do you think about that i don't know okay next topic yeah yeah that's it thanks for listening i mean aren't you in any podcast you're looking for some answers yeah and if you don't like the answers you're not listening to that podcast anymore there you go yeah okay all right. So <laughs> that ends our relationship portion of the podcast. Now on to bigger and better things. Not better. On to different things. 
There you go. This is also from uh, Huffington Post, by the way. Excellent. I found a couple of good ones on here. Okay, so are you ready? I'm ready. This one is true. I promise. And it's uh, okay. And what, Oregon- what? How long has it been since we was the last one saved by the bell? Yeah, dude. We went on. Golly. A, we went on like a I don't know Woo. twenty minute tangent after Saved by the Bell. Golly. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've got like six of these stories. We're probably only gonna <laughs> only gonna get to read like three. Let's do a part two. <laughs> I like it. Let's do a part two. An Oregon man has admitted stealing to stealing his daughter's Girl Scout cookie money to pay for an erotic massage. Okay. That's is this like is this like a it's gonna be like a moral tale like was that a dirt bag move of him from uh, you know of him to do yes is that what it basically is going to be <laughs> i guess okay keep going. I do, yeah you, you tell me okay brian couture 40 pled guilty on monday to initiating a false report he was put on probation fined 100 bucks and ordered to perform 80 hours of community service he'll also have to repay what he stole from his daughter by the way his brother randy must be unhappy with him. <laughs> he's gonna kick his ass uh, I love so Randy. This, back in March, Couture of Forest Grove, Forest Grove where? Oh, Oregon. Yeah, I did write it down. Gotcha. He caught, this is so crazy. All for an erotic massage. Okay, this is what the guy went through just for an erotic massage. Okay. You ready? Yeah. He called 911, sorry, to report that someone had entered his home through his sliding glass door and fought with him before fleeing. According, oh, no. Mm-hmm, according to local station KOIN. Coin. That's cool. Uh, police found the home <laughs> ransacked and spotted with blood. Couture told officers the assailant stole $740 of his daughter's Girl Scout cookie money from a jar. According to the Tacoma News she's Tribune. a good salesperson. Yeah, 740 bucks. Who's this girl? Let's What's talk that, to her. Two boxes of cookies? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're not that expensive. No, but they're not cheap. Oh, but, but it goes to a good cause. The mint, the chocolate mints. What are those thin mints or whatever? Oh, I love the peanut oh, butter ones. Those are they're good called Skipamadoos or something. Skip-a-doos. I don't know what they're called. They have a weird name or something. You got a whistle. What's on the Skipamadoos there? Yeah. Hey, what do you say? I know. Later, investigators spotted inconsistencies in his story, and the cookie caper crumbled. <laughs> Couture told police that he stole the money from his daughter to pay for an erotic massage and faked the robbery when he realized he couldn't explain the missing money. The blood found in the house was almost certainly his. The Girl Scouts said the group was working with prosecutors to recover the money. So this guy, this guy stole his daughter's Girl Scout cookie money. He went and got an erotic massage, which we know what happens there. Then freaked out because he's like, where am I going to? Explain the money went so cut himself enough to bleed and spot around ransacked his own house <clears throat> and made a false report to say that someone had broke in and fought all to cover up all in the end. This was just for a handy. This was just for an erotic mess. All this effort. If, if I was his buddy, <laughs> here's what I'd tell the guy. First off, I'd be like, I'd do it for 600. No, no. Go ahead. that's gross. Go ahead. <laughs> And, and this isn't a good thing to tell them, because, but it's just a way to keep the peace, right? I would say, listen, man, tell your family that you were so afraid they would be disappointed in you that that's why you did this. Not because you were afraid to get caught. It's that you were afraid to be. Oh, you're talking about a last ditch effort to try to save some sort of dignity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in this situation. Um, but oh. but if it's not true, maybe that's not the best advice because it'd be lying. I mean, you just it'd just be more lying to cover it, more lying. So maybe that's not good advice. But uh, 
yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it, his wife and his daughter must be incredibly intelligent that he felt like he had to do all this stuff to cover up the, you know. I know. Yeah. I just, oh. Because, I mean, if he could have just, you know, maybe pried the back patio open, you know, and just like, you know, maybe not did with the blood. And all yeah, that. because. And why do you have to fight him? Why didn't he just say, oh, it looks like somebody broke in. I know. Yeah. Someone must have known you did really well selling Girl Scout cookies and they knew that was in here. Let's start talking to people. Let's find yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> or he could just not go get erotic massages. That's true. From and by Well, the way, that's. I mean, like after the deed was done or whatever. Oh, okay, you're talking about. Oh, Obviously, yeah. the guy probably has some sex addiction type stuff. Obviously. Well, I would say Come so on. for that. Yeah. Plus, it, is it seven hundred forty dollars to get an erotic? How much? How expensive is? I don't know why I'm asking you, but you don't know. But uh, how the street expen- value is? No. <laughs> you're like actually. I don't know. That's overpriced. I mean, come on, that's overpriced. <laughs> Way overpriced. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, yeah, that that's pretty d baggish. That's yeah. really d baggish. Well, you know what? Not even the fact that he set up the little thing. To me, that's the most elaborate. I'm gonna set my dad's favorite coffee mug back and make it look like it's together. <laughs> then when he grabs it, he's gonna break it. Yeah, that's the most elaborate example of that type of, you know. Yeah. Instead, instead of doing that, what you did is you laid the mug on the ground, hit yourself with a <laughs> plunger handle. And you laid down on the floor and you waited for him to come home. So, this guy came in. He's throwing stuff everywhere. He broke yeah. the mug. Punched me in the face. I said, anything but the mug. Yeah. And then he punched me and left. Uh, am I still a good son? Don't take the girl. Don't, don't break the mug. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, that guy's a D-bag. Oh, hey, but but maybe he learned from... I'm sure Mark he learned Mark Twain says if you... If you tell the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. Exactly. Yeah. So come on, read some Mark Twain and but, quit and quit, quit overpaying for those massages. In this guy's defense. Actually, I, that's kind of bad. Put yourself. Quit doing that. <laughs> quit paying for him at all. Who cares if it's overpaying? Put yourself in his position after the deed was done, right? You can't go back and undo it. Um, that Wouldn't that be your worst nightmare? Just sitting your wife and your little daughter down. That's and, worse. And telling them that you are yeah. just that. Not only do. do you have to tell them that that happened, you got the massage. Then you have to tell them that you lied to them and, and embarrassed them. Now that's a story on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so much worse. It's something else. This guy could have done. He could have easily unhooked a battery cable off his car his wife and them and, and him get in it to start it the next day. Oh, it doesn't start. I'll take it to the shop. And then you don't, you know, you just haul it around the corner for a day or two and then bring it back and say, oh, it costs $740 yeah. to. Yeah, but you're kind of doing time. what I was doing. You're figuring out <laughs> different lies. Right. I know. It's not any, it's not any better. It's just less elaborate. Yeah. So then you get into like, you know, you have a scale and you set one lie on one end of the scale and another lie on the other. A lie like, is a lie. Yeah, a that's lie true. A lie. Yeah. A lie is a lie. So that's 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 just a cautionary tale. Your little bitty lies eventually will build and you'll have to do something like this guy if you're not careful. So just quit lying altogether. And they will come back Vulcan. to get you. Yeah. Spock cannot tell a lie. You, you can't be 
this methodical liar teller and just no. forever and without them coming back to bite you in the ass. I want to know what else this guy's up to. <clears throat> I mean, come on. Let's get him on the podcast. Yeah. No, you just called him a D bag. I don't think he would be very receptive. Yeah, to- come on. Well, he is. <laughs> in that instance, he is. Maybe he learned from it and he is better for the. Yeah, the I'm sure. Now. I'm sure he's a great guy now. <laughs> All right, you want to do the next one? Yeah. Okay, this one is uh, courtesy of NPR. Oh, do it in your NPR voice. I don't even know if I really want to read this All one. All things considered. This is kind of one of those. I don't even know if. No, you you have to now or someone's going to be like, what? You can't. Well, well, I've got a good joke. Oh, no, that's not a good one. Yeah, tell it. Okay. No, you have to do it. Looking at it now, I'm like, why the hell did I? Let's I, do it and talk about it. We'll make it awesome. I love dogs. Okay. We'll make it awesome. Okay. This is one of those stories where, like, at the end of the evening news, when all they've done for 30 minutes is tell you horrific stories about rapes and murders and gunshots, and then at the end, they're like, and coming up after the break, we'll end the night with a feel-good story about a squirrel that learned how to skateboard, you know, or some ridiculous... Oh, is this a feel-good story? Is that it, why it, This is a feel-good story. Oh, what's wrong with that? Let's, Come on. Well, no, no, it's great, but I, we just can't shit on it, really, and make fun of it, because it's, it's just a good, genuine feel-good story. You want to bet? <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Workers on an oil rig about 135 miles offshore from southern Thailand noticed something weird in the water. A dog. The animal swam toward 135 miles out. Dog paddling. <laughs> the animal swam toward the rig's platform on Friday and clung to it. I don't have an exact date. Just Friday. That's it. And sure. clung to it as team members tried to figure out how to save him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vitasek Payalaw, I guess, an offshore planner for Chevron Thailand Exploration and Production, told NPR. Payalaw said he and three members of his team spent 15 minutes working to secure the dog with a rope and pulled him to safety. They were racing against time, he said, because the seas were becoming rougher. In the very first photos Payalaw posted, the dog looks exhausted, especially in his eyes, and despondent. I looked at the pictures and he does. Workers provided him with water and pieces of meat on the deck of the rig, and they set up a kennel for him indoors. They named him Boonrod. Payalaw added a word that means, quote, he has done good karma and that helps him to survive, end quote. The pup has been uh, transferred to land, arriving in Thailand's Songkhla province on Monday morning to receive veterinary care coordinated by the rescue group Watchdog Thailand, according to the Associated Press. He is in good shape now and living happily ever after. No, that's... We need... We, we need good stories like that. Here's my problem with the news, and I forgot what comedian coined this. They said... They start by saying, Good evening. Four people tragically died today. Slow, <laughs> agonizing deaths. And, you know, it's like... And, and the rest of the time, it's like crapping on. It's like, I thought you said it's a good evening. Yeah. Now they'll say good evening and then they'll tell you what what all's bad about it. Yeah. Right after that, what could there not be a newscast that w- that would just be like, you know, that, that just in some small town, they're just like we're not doing any bad news. Wouldn't we're that be cool? Good news four. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Today on at the ten o'clock news, the our you breaking know, breaking story was that the Hadron Collider. Yeah. <laughs> they're making more progress there. This and that. Oh, and then also. Uh, Police Chief Frank Jenkins saved a cat from a tree over in Boonville. Yeah. 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 Four officers pulled over a black teen and took him to prom because his car had a flat. Yeah. There you go. You know? Yeah. It's like, because people lean in and, oh, oh what, police then, officers, then black they teen. Yeah. Oh, wow. They helped him. Yeah. That does happen, you know. Because that probably help, happens a lot more than the other bad things that happen. Yeah. 
Uh, but it's yeah. not sexy. That's not sexy. That doesn't. You know what? If it if it bleeds, it leads. No, oh, that's, that's the whole man, thing with. That's a great rhyme. That's the whole thing with news. If it bleeds, it leads. So the more death, murder, rape, pillaging, yeah. and destruction, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I guess the debate is: Do you want? Is it? Is it kind of dystopia to have some guy smiling, telling you all the good things? I don't know. Okay. Here's here's another shot in the dark right here. Instead of just like a good news four, what what if they're what if your whole premise is we tell a bad story and then we'll tell a good story? Oh, like and we're trying it out. we're trying to be totally balanced. We're gonna tell eight stories, four good, like four Fox bad. News, fair and balanced. Eh. Go ahead. <laughs> four stories, good. Four stories, bad. Don't say fair and balanced. Yeah. Cause that's another thing, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, just like, I don't know. There's, you could kind of come up with a tagline or whatever. So like, yeah. So there was a shooting at the come and go today and so-and-so and so-and-so lost, lost his life. And then coming up after the break, this 102 year old lady goes skydiving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, Start look, with the skydiving. Though. Good sh- okay. And but, then do the murder. but what, what's going to be difficult in the writing is the segues. You're going to have to segue. Ooh. You have to have somebody that's really crafty. Yeah, you know? we are sorry to hear about that murder at the come and go, but this 102-year-old lady came and went from the skies. <laughs> Coming up next. Came and went. <laughs> anyway. See, you need to work there. You need to work there. Yeah, that's what they need. Oh. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and hey, if you ever run out of good news, just like, you know, two people died, okay? We had the two people died story. Okay, Get to that nursery. I know at least two babies were born today. There you go. <laughs> Look how cute they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's the balance. No story here, but uh, the dad is super excited. Here's an interview with him. Yeah. Um, anyway. I'm you, so excited. It's weird, though, because he's a different <laughs> color than I am, and I don't know, I'm going to talk to my wife later. But oh, I'm, cut, cut, cut. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, don't, don't go there. There's some <laughs> bad news there. This is the good news part. <laughs> He was surprised that the baby was a different race. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it, Elliot. That was our good news turn. <laughs> okay, do you want to do another story? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, yeah, this isn't a feel-good one, but... We didn't talk about dogs at all. No, I love dogs, though. Yeah. Today, and this is a very quick story, I was oh, yeah. driving to work, and this cute little black dog, not that little, uh, probably 45, 50 pounds. Wait. What? It was a dog. Did you have to say a black dog? Yeah. <laughs> I'm we sorry. know that it was a dog. It was a black dog. I'm sorry. I know. I should. I. What color does it? Doesn't matter. That was no. Dog. That, sorry, that was no, a throwback <laughs> to me being stupid. Sorry. But it was funny because uh, I just slowed down because she was running down the middle of the road, and she came up beside my truck. I stopped. I opened the door, and I'm like, and I could see she's either had puppies or has puppies currently because mm. of the way her tummy looks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, girl, and she just jumps up right across me, and I showed you a picture. Yeah. She just sits and she just runs over to the passenger seat and just sits like she's done this before. Yeah. She's like, let's go, man. And I was just like, well, okay. So I just shut the door, and I drive on to work. Anyway. That was kind of like the dog's, like, e-harmony first date because <laughs> she was like – she was playing a character. She's like, oh, I know good dogs sit in the chair like this, and yeah. I'm going to impress this person. Oh, look how well And maybe it. we can form a relationship to where owner-dog relationship. But instead, our relationship only lasted about mm, eight minutes. Yeah, I took her to the pound. Yeah. Poor girl. But yeah. maybe she'll find her owner. She had a collar on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's 
yeah, she's got a great head start. <laughs> Not some mutt that's going to pee in your seat. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a hard bond to form. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the next story. Governor Jay Inslee signed into law a bill making it legal for licensed facilities to offer natural organic reduction, which turns a body mixed with substances such as wood chips and straw into soil in, in a span of just several weeks. The process based on is based on that of livestock composting, which has been used by farmers for several years. So we're doing so a little the, throwback now to our people ancient, are going to compost. You're going to con- you can compost yourself now and put you on a garden. Yeah. Huh. We'll read more about it, but this kind of goes yeah. back to our our uh, our what was it the the burial rituals episode? Yeah, we oh about yeah, different. Yeah, there's we a natural... talked about the planting a tree. Yeah, and I remember I brought up my thing how I'm anti that because you turn your dad into a tree and you plant him in your yard and then lightning strikes it and it's like the whole family comes over. It's like <laughs> dad died again. Yeah. <laughs> but now I you know now I have to deal with it again. Yep. We're five years past. We just got back on our feet because dad was important in our life. And every time we drove by, we saw that big tree that dad was becoming and it died. And it died too. Dad and now died I'm having twice. a relapse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now you can only die once, then you could die twice. So I think it's a bad idea kind of. I do too. Yeah. Don't pin your hopes on a tree. Trees. But the compost thing may not be because you can't attribute that to one unless you put it on your garden and you just have the crappiest year. <laughs> like last year we had 50,000 tomatoes. This year we had four. Would you want to put Thanks, it on your Thanks, Dad, g- for letting us down again. <laughs> Same <laughs> way you did every Christmas. <laughs> Went out for a pack of smokes and never came back. It serves him right. That's right. Would That's you- why he can't make a quality garden would you want to quality person would you want to want to eat tomatoes that were fertilized with the remains of your father mm. or anybody no probably not <laughs> okay well i mean some people probably could i mean yeah i don't know that's just kind of weird it is it is weird yeah keep going with this i like this washington already has several green cemeteries where people can be buried without embalming caskets or headstones and that's the the, the yeah, method that i, I like kinda, yeah that's cool a test on the system was carried out in 2018 on the remains of six terminally ill people who had donated their bodies for the research. The results, according to Lynn Carpenter Boggs, a soil scientist at Washington State University, was clean, rich, odorless soil that passed all federal and state safety guidelines for potentially hazardous pathogens and pollutants such as metals. Human composting is by no means a new phenomenon, though, although for thousands of of years, religious and cultural beliefs in different parts of the world led to methods for the preservation of bodies mm-hmm. rather than allowing them to return to nature. In Sweden, where it has been legal since 2005, one method used is to, and this was super interesting, to freeze dry the body, then vibrate it gently to shatter it into fine powder that is then placed in a shallow grave and absorbed by the soil. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't so that crazy? I, th- just the garden part. I don't agree with, but think about this. I mean, your, your body's taken and, and, uh, you know, that they're like spread on like the great plains or whatever. And like, you're part of that ecosystem of making. cool. So yeah, that way you can't say, well, that part of the garden didn't do great. What was that really eloquent, beautiful. Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Flora. Yeah. uh, Go ahead. Flora and fauna. Yeah. Cause some guy was trying to get them. You know, you always got these people, uh, you know, you would think that being a, like a great great at debate would say you would have a question that you would ask somebody and they would be like oh 
Well, that's a good question. I never thought about that. Yeah. Uh, you win the debate. Yeah, that's, what people, that's what people think. But so this guy tried to get him like that. Tried to say, basically, if you if you are on your deathbed and you only had your mind to, you know, what would you think? Or because this guy was and coming. It was a better question than what I'm making it to be. Well, yeah, but he was coming from the frame of mind of just to clarify. If we don't serve a higher entity, there's oh, no purpose that's right. Life. Yeah, thank you for doing so that. So go ahead. Yeah, that yeah, was his no, standpoint. The, yeah, you set it up. That's perfect. Yeah, if to, to him, if you're not worshiping a higher entity, there's no point in existing. Yeah. That was he, where he was coming from. Yeah. So basically, if you don't think like me, you should kill yourself. Right. But anyway, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, but that's kind of a little bit of what I got from that. <laughs> uh, but Neil deGrasse Tyson had a gr- lot better answer than I would have had. And he just said, well, I would want to be turned back into something to where I could give all my energy and stuff back to the environment or back to nature because I've dined upon flora and fauna and flora and fauna could dine upon me. Uh, you know, he put it really well, though. I mean, yeah. it was really eloquent. It's the great process. Yeah. Just the circle of life. There you go. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Simba. Wow, we ended that really well, didn't we? Just secularly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> All right, here That's we go. A good song. This is, we'll get a little bit more silly on this. And ah. uh, I had no idea about this. And sometimes I read a story and I'm like, my God, how did I never know about this? But this comes from uh, Ripley's.com. You ever heard okay. of the, the Cardiff Giant? C A R. Oh, I've heard. Yeah. You have? Uh, I never uh, had. Carl Sagan mentions that in uh, Demon Hunter, Demon Haunted World. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know a lot about it, but I remember very early in the book he talked about it. But okay, go ahead. Cool. Go ahead. Let's talk about it. In the fall of 1869, Gideon Emmons and Henry Nichols made a monumental archaeological discovery. They were digging a well on a farm outside Cardiff, New York, for a man named William Newell. Three feet down, they hit stone. And as they cleared away the dirt, they made out what seemed to be a human foot. Unearthing the whole body, they discovered a 10-foot-tall petrified man who would come to be known as the Cardiff Giant. The giant hadn't been reduced to a skeleton but appeared to have been petrified and now made entirely of stone. Uh, Ribs, an Adam's apple, skin pores, and even a benevolent smile were all apparent on the stone figure. And I saw a picture of the stone figure, and you can also very obviously see his... uh, uh, you know okay that yeah okay yeah like very i'm brilliant. with you okay uh newell <laughs> immediately are you talking about his belly button what are they alluding to i think so uh newell immediately opened the giant's tomb up for viewing and carriages buses horse riders and buggies came from all over to see what religious scholars were calling a giant that had perished in noah's flood he initially charged 25 cents for entry per entry but quickly doubled it as the roads leading to his farm became choked with people. Away from the bustle, inside the viewing tent, onlookers fell silent, and no one dared speak above a whisper in the presence of such a profound specimen. Light fell from the center of the tent on the giant lying in his grave. One arm cradled his stomach, as if in the throes of death pain, but his gentle smile was cemented in a state of eternal certainty. America's attention was fixed on the Cardiff giant, and scientists were even coming out with explanations on how the giant had come to be petrified. At this time in history, emerging science and sideshow hoaxes were raging in popularity. P.T. Barnum himself offered 50 grand for a share of Howe's giant and, uh, to, and be able to move it to New York City. 
for display. When Hal refused, Barnum set agents in to view the state the statue up close, and then he had an exact replica created. This fake Cardiff giant proved just as popular as the original, with few people calling it fake at first. But the original statue was, of course, a forgery, planted there by Newell's friend George Hull. Did you hear this part? Uh, it seemed. It all seems like how he built it up in the book. Okay. Yeah. Both men were in on the hoax, but the idea came to Hull, who was a stout, a stout atheist. After arguing with the priest for hours about literal interpretations of the Bible, Hull lied awake all night that evening, trying to think of the most ridiculous thing people might believe. And eventually he mm, came up with the idea right. of the Cardiff hoax. Yeah. yeah. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children with them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. That's Genesis 6 and 4, talking about giants in the Bible. Hull spent years and thousands of dollars constructing the Cardiff Giant. All the work had to be done in secret as well. The five-ton block of stone used to make the statue under the premise it was going to be carved into a statue of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> this is this guy went so far to win an argument. Arg- <laughs> this all stems from an argument with a priest. He spent years and thousands of dollars just to, you know what I mean, win the argument. He took the stone to a pair of sculptors in Chicago, posing as the model for the statue himself. When the carving was complete... They doused the whole thing in acid to give the stone a weathered look. News about the origins of this pre-flood giant eventually got out, and legitimate scientists decried it as a hoax. As pressures mounted, Hal and Hull sold the statue before admitting everything in a newspaper newspaper expose. Hull had accomplished his goal, though. He had made his point about the gullibility of the public, and uh, he made a fistful of cash along the way. Yeah, so, I mean, I think people would... Some people might say that's it's awful evil of someone to do, but I, I kind of see, <laughs> I kind of see the guy's point. Got right? a long way to prove a point, but yeah, I think yeah, he drove yeah, it, yeah, really. Drove it home. I mean, it's glad that it happened. I'm glad that it happened at least once. Yeah, um, I bet you could find people that would say, "Oh, the, the fact that it's a hoax is a hoax." I oh, there's always totally, that. Yeah. My God, there's always that. There's Holocaust deniers. Yeah. There's flat earthers. Yeah. Of course, there's people <laughs> that say earth. dinosaurs never existed. Nothing surprises me anymore. Would you Nothing. say flat earthers really believe the earth's flat? Some of them? I think some of them some genuinely them do. do. Yeah, yeah, I think there is a, a, a portion of them that just kind of maybe want to be contrarians or I don't know. I, I can't imagine why you would. Well, want. hey, I, I saw this on the internet, so it must be true. Yeah. <laughs> One potential explanation is... So imagine, if you will, a Frisbee mm-hmm. and all the dinosaurs live on this side of the Frisbee, mm-hmm. right? And you have just on the left side. So a meteor going really fast hits the earth and by golly, you know, we find some dinosaurs, but there could be a reason why we don't find all of them. Well, they're probably just like teeter tottered. They flew off into space. <laughs> Yeah, because the meteor hit way yeah. over on this side yeah. of the frisbee. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't know, man. They what just do I know? flew. I bet. I bet out there in space somewhere you could find a floating, freeze dried dinosaur. 
That's equal oh. as plausible as a stinking flat earth. Yeah. My whole story was to say that that is stupid. Yeah. Um, drive a stake in the ground here. Go 100 miles away. Drive another stake in the ground. Hey, now, with their technology now, you can be on FaceTime with somebody. And you measure that degree of your shadow mm-hmm. at noon. And they measure their degree. And you talk about it, do a little bit of mathematics, and you can figure out there's the curvature in between you. One person didn't have a shadow. You have like 10 degrees of shadow. So do that. And oh, you say, okay, well, I'm on the backside of a hill, and he's on a flat spot. Okay, do that all around the earth because that was done, and the circumference of the earth was figured out within like, I mean, like very good accuracy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was done a long time ago and you could still do that. It's not like, oh, well, I wish we could do an experiment like that to figure out if it's flat or not. Even let's not even mention the satellites going around the earth and that you can build a bridge so big that you have to factor in the curvature of the earth in in the spans. Yeah, Every engineer knows that. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that we have both been on planes. Yeah. 30,000 feet up in the sky. You can see a slight curvature from that height. Yeah. But instead, I've I've even looked up a couple of the Flat Earth videos, and it's a guy standing eight miles from Seattle saying, I can still see part of the, if it was around. I, yeah. I was like, okay, what? Or do like they did. In, in this, this, the whole misconception about Columbus, he was the only man on Earth that thought it might be round. That's, that's all <laughs> junk. Do the thing. Go to the beach. You can afford to go to the beach. And hopefully you can rent a boat with a big giant sail and say, hey, you go towards the sunset and I'm going to stand on the beach and watch you. Oh, the last thing I see is the top of your sail and it it disappears. mm -hmm. Uh, Get some binoculars or a telescope because it might fade off in the distance and we don't want you to do your experiment for nothing. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. I mean, there's probably, ex- oh, let's see swell or something. I don't know. If- oh, they'd say something. I mean, there would be something. Yeah. There'd be something. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it's it's not it's not that there are things that I, I could let go that you could deny, like things that you can't test with a regular person's budget and the means of, you know, what you have. I mean, that's fine, I guess. Some stuff that you have to take people's words for because you word for because you can't do it yourself because it requires like equipment that you can't afford. Right. I get being skeptical, but there's so many things. There's so many ways for you yourself to know that it's a spherical earth that you don't have to do this. How stupid is it that there's an ice wall? Like all the way around us. <laughs> I know. Have you ever seen a model of the flat Earth? Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, fantastically stupid. <laughs> so yeah, please continue. We have one last story. All right, Man, I'm excited. I've had, I, hey, you're knocking these out of the ballpark. I love these, dude. I've had to pee for like 45 minutes. Oh, do you want to take? You want to do it? Do you want to read part of this and I'll go do that? We've we'll done just, that once we'll before. We'll pause. We'll okay. just pause. We'll go back before I said. We'll I be back see. after these messages. <laughs> If I could turn the page in time, then I'd rearrange just a day or two. Close my, close my eyes, but I couldn't find a way. 
So I'll settle for one day to believe in you Tell me, tell me lies Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies Tell me lies, tell me, tell me lies Oh no, no, you can't disguise Disguise. No, you can't disguise. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. All right, and we're back. So we took a little commercial to kind of plug one of our things we've been doing. We've been, we've been, we've been throwing little covers here and there as extra episodes. So that was one of our latest ones that came out. What uh, just the other day? Yeah, just uh, the little, little lies, one, yeah. a little cover, Fleetwood Mac, uh, kind of play a, a different take on the Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. song so yeah there you go pretty so what's our next story sir all right our final story of the night all right also comes to us from ripley's.com believe it or not yeah so you must believe it or and th- not. this is just one of those cliff clavin little known fact things and i had no idea about this i bet most people don't we associate blue with baby toys and pink with baby toys with baby boys it's oh been, it's been two hours i'm tired baby boy toys yeah we associate blue with baby boys and pink with baby girls yes but the truth is Pink hasn't always been a color associated with femininity or girliness at all. What? 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 Yeah. <gasps> Though it seems like the pink for girls and blue for boys distinction has been around forever, it really only took hold as recently as the 80s. Hmm. I wonder what it could be. Purple? Yeah. I don't know. Neutral. Keep going. Yeah. In the late 1800s, babies were pretty much dressed the same no matter what their gender was. Oh, and, okay. I see. And we've all seen So pictures. you're saying both. You don't, you don't just mean pink. You mean pink and blue. Yes. Or, okay. Okay. I thought for some reason that was pink only. No. Okay, keep it, going. In fact, they all wore white dresses pretty much across the board, even young baby boys. Hmm. And I've seen these pictures. Uh, the reasoning for this is simple. It's easier to change a baby's diaper when they're wearing a dress than when they're wearing pants. And fasteners used to be on pants uh, uh, at the yeah. time. They were really difficult to master back then. Okay. Also, white clothing can be bleached in order to remove stains. Finally, sure. all babies in a family could be giving the same clothing as hand-me-downs. Hmm. Yeah. This trend was both practical and cheap, which is probably why it lasted so long. Yeah. Things started to change a bit around the turn of the century. Advertisers, specific, uh, specifically department stores, and magazines were all telling new parents the best way to dress their babies. While there wasn't a specific consensus, many well-respected publications like Earnshaw's Infants Department in 1918 stated, and I quote, The generally accepted rule is pink is for boys and blue is for girls. Their reasoning? Pink, being a more decided and stronger color, is more suitable for the boy, while blue, which is more delicate and dainty, is prettier for the girl. I know it's 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 hard to wrap my head around. It was the exact yeah, but I'm I'm just I'm I'm like digging deep inside myself. And well, I'm yeah, trying to this. say I'm trying to say is that because it's so ingrained in me? Does that make sense? I I'm, I don't know. I'm it's like, hard ah. to see it without that. Yeah. All our lives, we've been. It's just as it's just as ingrained in us as grass is green and the sky is blue. Yeah, take a parallel universe. It's like, yeah, flip it. It's like, what's your favorite color, son? Pink. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you didn't say blue. I was gonna worry about you. Yeah, see, it's hard to yeah. imagine. Okay. Hey, um, I like the color pink. I remember in middle school, I had a a pink shirt that I liked a lot. And I started wearing it, and some of my friends like were making fun of me about it, so I quit wearing it. Oh, really? But it was a really cool button-up shirt, and it was kind of like a 
uh, it's probably a fabric we use all the time now, but then it was kind of like, you know, new cause it wasn't just like cotton, like everything else. Oh, I gotcha. But it had like some designs on it. Like, and so, yeah. So that was society. Like saying wearing it. society's like, you can't wear that. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you're right. Society. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to do something crazy here, but no, it was the exact opposite a hundred years ago when it came to who wore which color. It's crazy. Hmm. There are plenty of theories behind how and why pink became what we think of today as a color for girls. For the most part, the change seems to boil down to two causes. One is that in the 80s, it became possible for parents to find out what gender their child was before birth. This became a golden opportunity for advertisers who started selling the idea of gendered clothing to parents with pink uh, for girls and blue for boys. Sorry. Money. Yeah, I know. Who would have... Thunk it. <laughs> In addition, new parents during this time had been, as children, part of the 60s movement that saw fewer gendered items for children. And as a deviation from their past, they wanted to move towards items that celebrated their child's identity. Mm. This seemed to occur around the time. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, from in- infancy to childhood. How did pink itself become decidedly feminine? That's the question. This seemed to occur around the time about 1950s when advertisers sorry, began to sell everything from shampoo to kitchen appliances to fashion, specifically to housewives in the color pink. So it's mainly all down to advertisers. Though women yep. fought back against this gendered stereotype in the 60s, it returned with a vengeance in the 80s. Yeah. So, yeah, there was... That's the blue. Could you imagine yeah. some alien landing? I mean, this is an area that it's it's always brought up in a podcast, so I'll do it again. <laughs> and they see something, and so let's let's shine the light on this. What you, what we've been talking about? The the alien goes back and says, "Yeah, they have this weird thing they do. Like, you know, there's two types. They they each are different biologically, and they have different sexual organs, but they're so insistent upon." One of them has to be really macho and, you know, this is language aliens would use for sure. One <laughs> yeah, of them, and one of them sure. has to be, you know, weaker physically. It's like they celebrate that and they don't want that to change. Right. And it's like, let's go ahead and blow them up then. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is it is funny that, you know, what, what really, you know, I'm always kind of torn on this with my son because there are a lot of things that he does that I don't think I've, you know, I don't think we've like pushed this on him. Like a lot of things that he does that are very boy, just like some of the ways that he acts and some of the, like, he's going to like grab this toy and like fight this other toy. And, you know, I don't think I've really showed him that. Yeah. It's weird. huh? And then like the trucks pushing toy trucks in the yard in the dirt. Yeah. And just like getting muddy and wanting to be muddy. Yeah. Like stomping. Like, so, and this might be that as a society, we've already set him up for this, but he was playing w- with his two cousins and he went to the mud puddle and was stomping in the puddle, thought it was funny. And it's like, ha ah, ha Yeah. You know? And they were like stepping back. And one of them was around the same age as is around the same age as him. And they were kind of standing back like, and they'd get it on their hands and they'd kind of wipe it off. Uh, so I don't know, is was that natural or is that kind of, they were already, you know, at this point where he's almost two, he's already got that. We've already, you know, 
told him what he can be in society? Yeah, because I'm sitting here thinking, you know, our our baby we're raising is almost exactly the same age as mm-hmm. your son. Yeah. And she, when she plays, she has tea sets. Yeah. She, she, she pours tea. She has little baby dolls that she'll wrap up and then she'll cradle them. Yeah. Okay, but does she do that because she's a girl and it's instinctual? Or does she do that because the only toys around are baby dolls and tea sets? Yeah. If she had trucks and guns and dinosaurs, would she, you know, I bet go that way. We, you know, this is, there's been research on this. I'm sure there's pretty good research about this. I don't know what it's going to say because I've never looked into it, but I'm pretty sure they've probably done experiments like this. Well, I do know, too, one thing that little boys and little girls have in common, and little boys would never admit it, they both play with dolls. Sure. We just called our dolls G.I. Joes. Yeah. You know, and they action called their figures. dolls. They're not dolls. They're right. action figures. No, it's the same thing. It's a small miniature person. It's just the you know the capacity in, in which you are pretending. Yeah, but they pretending do very with. different things with them, but they're, out, they're marketed. It's almost like when you buy a G.I. Joe. You've already seen the commercials, so you know what you're supposed to do with them. Right, yeah. And same with Barbie. Yeah. 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 You're not supposed to, like, have a war with Barbies. <laughs> Only yeah. a war of words. Yeah. But with Lexi, the way she played with her Barbies were, was, and your daughter helped did this with her, and I was fine with it, but I was just like, this is weird. But all all she did was, uh, was like, pull their heads off and throw them down the stairs. You sure. Know? Yeah. So yeah. I'm just like, okay, little... Jeffrey Dahmer upstairs, all these <laughs> naked, headless Barbies laying at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dad, can we bury these under the house? Yeah. You got any lime, Dad? It's like, uh, honey, let's lock our bedroom door tonight. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Though. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good debate on how much is society and how much it is their natural uh, way. Um yeah, but obviously there has to be some natural separation because, you know, you talk about maternal instinct and, you know, how females take care of the young like they do in comparison to the men. But there are some tribes that I do know that the the women did a lot more like hunting and gathering. And in that situation, I'm not sure. I can't remember what the guys did. Yeah, that's Probably hot. not much. They just stayed home and took care of the the babies and boiled the potatoes like yeah like like they were supposed to yeah that's why the movie daddy daycare went over so well i mean of course eddie murphy i mean he's he's a talent but it was just kind of a throw into the wind like uh the stereotype that the that the man could run a daycare with his friend yeah but you notice how it just didn't work out they were idiots at the, the beginning and then they find found their sea legs so yeah, I find that in most movies and commercials and TV shows, the men are portrayed as total in, incompetent fools when it comes to... Brian how, Regan has a great bit He does, that. yeah. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, I like that. What was it? It was a cereal bar commercial or something. Like yeah. Like a healthy cereal bar. Yeah. It's like, my husband's an idiot. <laughs> but we have to give him a nutritious stat, snack. It's like, and he likes the whatever bar, cereal bars. Yeah. Then there's the commercial where she's like, you know, when I do laundry, I use Tide. And, you know, when he does laundry and it's like, wah, 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 yeah, and it yeah, shows like yeah. bleached clothes and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't know what button to push. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Come on, man. Yeah. It's well, it's just it's just because we can take it. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. I guess so. Yeah. We're, they're hardest on us because we can take it, I guess. Because we're going to sweep it under the rug and not re- reveal our feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because we did that. Just bury it down. Okay. Bury well, down. that's it for episode 39. <laughs> two hours and 18 minutes and 59 seconds. Oh, two hours and 19. Oh, I won't Is that a new uh, record for longest? New world record. Longest podcast ever. Ever. No, except for everyone Joe Rogan's ever yeah, done. Exactly, it's like yeah. four hours. Are yeah. you kidding me, yeah. man? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's good. I like it. Smash and grab episode 39. Smash and grab. I like it. We might do it again next time. Who yeah. knows? All right. Let's go next time. Let's Peace go. out. Okay. See you guys. Tell me. Tell me lies. Tell me lies. Tell me sweet little lies. Tell me lies Oh no, no, you can't disguise You can't disguise No, you can't disguise Tell me lies Tell me sweet little lies If I could turn the page In time that I'd rearrange Just a day or two Close my, close my eyes Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies Tell me lies, tell me, tell me lies Oh no, no, you can't disguise You can't disguise, no you can't disguise Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies Tell me, tell me lies Oh no, no, you can't disguise Tell me lies Tell me, tell me lies Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies